right, YouTube, how's it going out there? It's going to be Donnie coming to you from Osawa, Japan, back at you again. Again, these podcasts are going to start coming at you guys a lot more because uh, we got a lot of, I guess, spare time you can see out there. Uh, but I got one of the guys with me. Some of you guys who watched all the YouTube videos, you know this guy. If you don't, I'll let him introduce himself in a second. But um, the YouTube community is uh, it's vast. But within that vastness, there's um, good content. And this guy right here, Albo, he's one of the guys that put out the best content out there. I've, I've followed you a while before I've actually known you. Uh, so it's actually good to sit down and finally get the chance to talk to you and all the stuff. But for the guys that don't know you, uh, for the first, you know, five minutes of my analytics stage, you know, people kind of check out after 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so um, let's, let, let's let the guys know uh, where they can find your media at and all, all your links and things like that. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on your show. So my name's Albo. Uh, I'm originally from Canada and I've been here in Japan for just about 10 years now. Uh, yeah, I make videos about Japanese car culture. Uh, I love making documentaries. So, you know, I love people as well as as the cars and i love the intersection of that so i love trying to figure out where culture meets history meets these amazing cars uh, that are like super beautiful from an artistic point of view and yeah. and uh yeah so that's just kind of been my passion for for the past i could say 10 years since i came to japan i really started chasing that dream and uh yeah now i live uh in yokohama i, I used to live in the countryside of gunma which is where hld takes mm -hmm. place and when I was there, uh, originally I started the channel just to kind of document my life and just to show my friends and my family really kind of like what I'm what I'm up to and just to introduce them to, you know, like daily life stuff that I found really interesting, like kotatsu, you know, kotatsu, right? It's it's like yeah. a, uh, for folks who don't know, it's it's a low table that has a blanket and a heater and it, it sounds really weird when I when I explain it to people. So I, I just made a video and then I showed them <laughs> and then they were like, that's really cool. And, and, you know, and then yeah. I realized, oh, actually, I, I can kind of introduce just like these little snippets of my daily life. And, and my friends and my family thought it was really interesting. And uh, I just, yeah, I just started doing that uh, little by little. And, um, you know, I was always into making making movies uh, since high school, at least. Mm. And uh, we can we can dive into that a little bit later. But, yeah, I, I was into making yeah. like martial arts movies. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing martial arts for like half my life. And uh yeah. I noticed. Yeah, that. yeah, you know, like not as not as the technical and cool as you, man. But you know, I was, I was into the yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, I, I mean, it was just cool to see. I, I didn't like again, man. You get to know people and you see the stuff. And as you post, man, your posts are always very engaging. And I seen you doing the uh, the uh, you were doing like kind of like a kick kickboxing or something. Like oh that, yeah, or yeah, yeah. There's a yeah, and, uh, yeah. There's a Muay Thai gym uh, uh, nearby I live. Unfortunately, right now because of the COVID situation and everyone's yeah. staying home, but I can't wait to get back there and hit the bags again. You know. It's just the best yeah. after like a long day of work, you know. I just want to go out, go out the bags for a bit. Yeah, oh, I miss it. Yeah, I got my mats like right out here with me, and then I haven't got like right. Now, I set everything up, man, and it's like COVID. This, you know, it's life, and it just canceled. It cancels like everything that people had planned, and all the stuff happened, man. So I got these mats. I paid about you know five hundred bucks for all these mats, and I haven't used them once, other than my own personal warmups and my kids. But uh, yeah, well, eventually, man, everything will get back to normal. And things like that, man. But yeah, man. Again, um, like I said on the uh, message you earlier, I didn't expect to get you on the same day, and it was kind. I was kind of expecting to get you on a little bit later. But man, like your posts are always, um, you know, what I mean, I, I'm a pretty motivated guy. But when I see guys in your circle, such as yourself, and uh, doing things, man, it's like uh, people might think that those motivational posts don't mean anything, man. But I always, I check them out. I'm always pretty high hey, spirit, man. But then I, I, I appreciate it, yeah, and it, it, it and um, you know, actually. That, that's an interesting point because I, I, I think about that a lot sometimes. Um, I think about that a lot sometimes. Now, uh, yeah. you, you know, 
on on some level, you know, it's it's kind of um, like sometimes I feel like uh, I wonder if if people actually t take anything from it, or you know, if it's just yeah. kind of like if there if there's a point to it. But you know, every so often I get like a nice really long email from somebody or a nice really long DM, and uh, you know, they say, oh, thank you so much for blah 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 for for the motivation and the inspiration. And then what I really like sometimes is sometimes some folks actually like they tell me. Like they started, you know, listening or paying attention to, like my silly content a year or two ago, and then they took that they took that to heart, and like two years later, they they basically give me an update on what they've been up to, and I'm like, oh man, that is awesome! Like that is, th yeah. then 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 I realize I'm like I'm just like some guy, right? And I'm just like yeah, yeah. kind of talking about like <laughs> what I'm just doing in my own life, and then that actually has like a positive effect on at least one other person, and um. You know, I, I I feel like that that is that's just pretty incredible. And I think you know, uh, back in the day before the internet, we didn't really have this kind of chance to get and be able to help and uh, inspire so many people around the world. So I'm just really, really yeah. uh, grateful for that that opportunity. Really, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So like for for your YouTube channel, like and everything. So you you actually started it here in Japan, like your, your channel, uh, or did you have was it open before you got so, here? So, I mean, I think if if I look at when the channel was actually started, it was, I think it was something like 2007 or something. And okay. at the time, you know, it's like people didn't really know what to use YouTube for. You know, yeah. it was so, I used to make videos uh, with my friends. Of, so we would go to the gym, um, not not like the gym to work out, but like uh, a martial, mm -hmm. either a martial arts gym or a gymnastics gym. And basically right. we would just uh, like shoot clips of each other, like doing flips and stuff. And then we would edit those clips into something called a sampler. Which is basically, uh, uh, it's called a tricking sampler because tricking is kind of like mm -hmm. uh, the the name for for a type of sport, which is like extreme martial arts. Uh, but the precursor to that was actually uh, what people would make were were called demo reels, and essentially they were for folks who wanted to get into uh, stunt work in in movies. And so you know when I was like. 13 or 14, uh, I was like, my dream was to be in like a, like a Jackie Chan movie someday. And, right. you know, me and my friends, uh, I mean, I joined Kung Fu and then I joined Taekwondo specifically so I could learn the skills to, to one day be able to do a tryout for like a martial arts movie. And we, what we were seeing was these, these folks who were uh, uh, recording themselves doing like flips and doing like, uh, like short fight scenes. And then they would put them together into a video and then upload them onto like a server and then they would upload them onto, they were like these old platforms, like, uh, geez, what were they? Uh, like, like Daily Motion or. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we are really you know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> showing a range yeah. over here. But yeah, this yeah, was, man. this was back in the day, man. And, and, you know, like this is at, this was at really the, the, the birth of, of internet video, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, at the time, you know, there really wasn't anything like a vlog or anything. So this didn't really become a thing until I think like 2011 or 2012. So actually just, you know, uh, fast forward. So for the first few years, you know, I was making like these, these, these movies with uh, martial arts movies with my friends and we, we were just looking for a place to host them. And then so we hosted them on YouTube, not really uh, understanding what it would become kind of culturally and like how important right. it would become for like our society. Like it would become like this next media uh, kind of uh, 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 pillar of, of media, right? And right. and then 
Uh, fast forward to like 2010 uh, when it came to Japan. Uh, I actually was um, more interested in, in blogging actually than, than making videos. And the reason is because uh, what got me interested in coming to Japan in the first place, uh, one of the things was there was this, there was and is still this really amazing blog by this guy named Az. And it was a blog about uh, teaching English in Japan on the JET program. And that's, that's kind of like how I found about how uh, the program that I came to Japan in, which is uh, the JET program. And, and as was this, this, uh, this fellow from, from the States uh, who, who came to Japan, and he was you know, one of the first guys to really blog about his experience. And the way he did it was super, super, super funny and relatable because he had all these crazy stories, which were basically just snippets of his daily life. And so do you know the term gaijin smash? So oh, yeah, he's actually the guy who who coined that term, and because and and you know he 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 said like when I'm out and about like you know he's he's like this big this this uh, this big black guy and uh, he was always noticing that like he, like there was this uh, this 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 cultural bubble that would be around him right, and so he termed that like the the guy just smash, and uh, and I was like oh this is so interesting right and like I found it really relatable. And so I wanted to have those same experiences. So then I applied to Jet, I got into it, and then I came to Japan, and I was like, I want to do something like what this guy was doing. And right. and then I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna start my own blog, and it was called uh, the Jet Experience. And I think you can still find it if you if you search. Um, and my channel actually started as a a tie-in to uh, that that blog. It was a blog on WordPress, and what uh, what I would do is like. I would have like a like a long blog post, and then I would have like a video to tie into that to that blog. Um, but then you know, as as the years went on, it's like people were using or reading blogs less and less, and they were watching right. videos more and more, and people were using their smartphones more and more, and um, you know that kind of rekindled my love for like like video production. Um, and yeah, you know, just just ever since then, you know, it's it's been a crazy ride, and like. I've just been love loving making making movies ever since, man. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like that again. Like you say, when it, it's always that. Uh, it, and when you first start something, you never realize where it's gonna go. And it's just like you, we all kind of like when we're younger, we see like what's in front yeah. of us, and it's not until we get older we kind of see like uh, or we start to like you know project into the future. Because when you're young, you just see like you you go to school, you get home, you play with your friends, and you repeat it. And then as you get older, you realize. It's more to life than just that. Uh, so then when you started, then you fast forward, man. Like I say, when you, you seen that guy's blog, you got it inspired by him. You become, you, you, you enter into the jet program yourself and then bam, fast forward 10 years later, you got 200,000 subscribers and you know, it's, it's crazy, man. Like how a lot of guys, they don't have that, uh, that, uh, tenacity to stick it out. Like, cause when you first start, like you say, with your channel, you know, it's relatable, you, you know, you first start, you get a hundred, you hundred subscribers, then you get 200, then you get that bump. And then you, you put out some, one video that you don't even think it's going to be the, the video. Then it, that video becomes the video mm -hmm. that, you know, people start to subscribe to you and, and capture, man. So this is, I, I just, for me, man, it's just, uh, you know, it makes me happy, man, that, you know, you stuck with it and, and now, you know, you're off to the races, man. And different, I know you, you spoke about some of the things you got going on in the background as much as you could on uh, YouTube, man. But, you know, I'm, I'm extremely happy for your, the progression and everything. And I've seen some of your videos way before I, we met, like, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool to actually, cause you see so many videos with people you never mm. meet and all the content mm. out there and YouTube, 
with the internet, man, it's great to, to be able to like act for us. To, we, we're both in Japan with people who don't know them. You know, we're about eight hours apart from each other, but, you know, scheduling and everything, we'll link up. But it, the technology now, it makes conferences better. Uh, but one thing for technology is there's so much content now in, in every facet of music, videos. You can go on YouTube and, and learn within a day how to use Photoshop, how to use Adobe Premiere, how to use Final Cut. And it's like, so now the separation between the guys are putting out really good content now. So all the guys are putting mm-hmm. out good content. Now you got to really step your game up to really take yourself away from it. We'll talk about that a little bit later, man. But again, your initial uh, time you say, like you brought up, you use Jet Program to uh, come here. Uh, so are you still in Jet or are you doing something else now? Or what, what are you? Uh, so the now? thing with Jet, right? It's um, so when I initially came here, uh, I thought I was going to be here for like one or two years. But you know, I fell in love with so much that I, I decided to extend uh my contract every year uh but the maximum was actually five years so i so i did five years on on the jet program uh and then i ended up uh doing another two years uh working at an eikaiwa which is a a conversation school uh where basically and the style of this one was basically i would i would sit down across from the table kind of like what we're doing right now and i would just have a conversation with somebody for like an hour and then like um I actually really loved that that job because it it was kind of like practice for like this actually like this situation yeah. right here. Like essentially, what I would do is as I would go in and you know for like six hours a day, I would I would have a conversation with somebody one on one, and I would have to basically uh, keep that conversation going. And then so you know it taught me a lot about about um, you know like psychology and also uh, about how to talk to people and. Uh, it even brought my own confidence up. There, there, there are a lot of good things about it. And, and the reason I bring that up is because a lot of folks have this impression that, you know, working at an Ikaiwa, uh is kind of like the, the lower rung of, 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 uh, of, of work uh, here in, in, right. in, uh, in Japan for foreigners. And uh, I think, you know, that's not, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I think there's a lot you can learn from it. And that's kind of how I try mm-hmm. to approach uh, everything. Uh, you know, just like you might be in like a, uh, a situation that's not so great, but there's always something you can learn from it, and there's always like a story that you can you can pull out of it uh, for later on. But to uh, to answer your original question, um, so I did jet for for five years, and then I worked in that Ikaiwa for two years, uh, and then I actually moved to Tokyo, and I, I started working at a at a uh, a tech company, um, and I can't mm-hmm. talk about it because it's it's under NDA actually, but um, uh, but but actually, yeah, I mean it, it's it's been really great, and I, I was really really lucky actually to be able to come work in tokyo and i guess if i could offer you know some some advice for folks it would be um especially for folks who are working here in japan um like you know maybe you're teaching english and now you want to move to tokyo and 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 you want to figure out what how to do that what i would recommend and the way i did it was i went through a uh a recruiter who specialized in the it industry and mm-hmm. that uh, they were able to put me in touch with like big companies, like you know, like 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 Amazon and like Netflix and like uh, and then like like what's it called, um, like Epic Games, and and I was getting these crazy mm-hmm. interviews for all these like big companies. Uh, and the second half of that, of course, is you need to have like some sort of like skill, right? And I think for for a lot of um, a lot of folks who start something like this, like a podcast or like a YouTube channel, you know, at the beginning, it's like you. As you know, you you barely know anything, right? You're just kind of figuring everything out as you go along. Right, you, right. you don't necessarily go to school for like uh, IT or 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 for for uh, for uh, to become like a sound engineer. But 
Uh, but right. what I found was like in the process of creating my own content, I kind of became an expert in like these different fields and like video production mm. and like sound production and like, and like, yeah. like making websites. And like, I, I, you know, I could, I was able to understand like, uh, like CSS and HTML and how to put together websites. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then, so even though I didn't have any, like, uh, I didn't work in a company doing that before I was able to talk about that during interviews and then I was able to get a, like a job pretty smoothly. Um, so that's what I would say to folks. And it's that, you know, you could come to Japan and you could follow the path that, that I, I did, which was to, you know, come here, work as an English teacher, which is actually really interesting because you can come live in places like Gunma or some countryside area, which is the life, the lifestyle is, it's like, it's like you're living in an, in an anime. It's literally like you're in like, like studio Ghibli or something in a lot of yeah, yeah the sound the sounds right. the smells everything yeah. man it's right like, yeah. right i'm sure you walk down the street right yeah, and you're yeah, like yeah. <laughs> dude i'm living in an anime this is literally an yeah anime. well you know the, it's, the funny thing about that man is the first I, I i i told a story before when i went to college uh back in 2003 i went to university of maryland and uh the first thing i did in college the first night was i watched college girls gone wild <laughs> in college in the dorms <laughs> and then when i got when i got here my very first night in japan from the from the uh, I was in I stayed in uh, was it Narita? Well, now I flew into what you flew. Which one is the international Narita? Narita or Haneda is the. International I think both one. are now, but maybe at the, the time you were in uh, Narita. So so you basically you fly into Haneda, then you I think you take the bus to Narita, then you fly to Masawa. So the first night in the hotel, I had my laptop. First thing I watched from the hotel is uh, Initial D. Like it's just like I, I just had to, it's like it's like I'm in Japan watching Initial D dude. It's like a surreal yeah. moment. And I watched it many multiple times. And then to actually go down to uh Mount Haruna, which is a Kina for the guys that are who don't know, um, which is you know, Mount Akina is based in Mount Haruna. I know you know that, but the um the, to actually go down there, we went down there for a family trip and again I watched it again down there. I'm at I'm at Mount Akina watching Initial D. And then to drive out there and everything, man. So it's kind of, you know, I've, it's those little geek things. Oh, man. You do. I, I love it. Like, yeah, for, for me, that is half. <laughs> yeah. No, that's like 90% of like yeah. the, the joy of living in Japan. You know, yeah, it's man. it's like you can look at it two ways. You can become really jaded and you can get really annoyed about everything in Japan, which I see a lot of guys do, a lot of people, right? Yeah. But I, I think um, yeah. there's there's always that that magic that you you saw when you first came to Japan, which is why you wanted to live here and stay here in the first place. And if you yeah. if you just focus on that, then like for me, it's never quite gone away. And uh, I, 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 you know, I'm very thankful that I was able to hold on to that that feeling. Um, hmm. It's it's definitely because I'm a huge geek, <laughs> and right. And but you know, I, I love moments where I, I'm I'll be like walking past like a rice field, and I'll be like I I remember when I was like 14 and I saw this exact type of scene in like. In like a in, in like a Studio Ghibli movie or in some anime yeah. that I, I, I used to watch back in the day, <laughs> like uh, like Love Hina or something, you know, like in, in the onsens, and I was like, my gosh, I can't believe I'm able to live this out. And like you yeah, were saying man. with the initial Z, it, right? Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's, you're good, man. You're here. Oh, geez, yeah. Like, so for me, right, when I came to Japan, uh, I was I was sent to live in Gunma. It wasn't a choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on the jet program, you can you can make a request. You can actually make three requests. But I think what happens is when they get your request, they just kind of look at it and just throw it in the garbage. And then they're just like, he's going there. And just completely randomly. So mm. I originally chose um, uh, 
for for no good reason actually. It's, I didn't know very much about the the geography of Japan, but I chose Akita because uh, one of my best friends did did a homestay there, uh, and he reported that Akita is known for the most beautiful girls in Japan. So, yeah, True. so I chose that. Um, <laughs> uh, I chose I chose um, I chose Kobe because it was between Osaka and Kyoto, and there was a legend that if you if you wrote down Osaka or Kyoto, that they would definitely not send you there. And then I chose I chose Chiba, and the reason I chose Chiba was because I I thought it appeared in 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 the Great Teacher Onizuka, uh, and then so I think what they did was they looked at those three points and then they chose the middle part which was Gunma and they sent me there, and then when I got the letter I remember getting the letter it was like this yellow envelope you know, it was really heavy I don't know why I remember that exact detail but I was like this is a really heavy envelope it must have been good paper so I open it up yeah. take it out and you know. Uh, for Jet, everyone is always like super, super, super excited and nervous about finding out where they're going to be placed. Because some folks get like Yokohama or Tokyo, which is like uh, the golden placement or like Kyoto City. Like my my little sister did get that placement actually like five years after I joined. Uh, she came as well. Really? Um, but, you know, for me, I wasn't particularly... Uh, specific about where I want to live because I was like, nah, eh, you know, this is gonna be my Japan adventure. I'll be there for a couple of years and I'll go back. So I was like, you know, as soon as long as they don't send me into like a village with like seven people, uh, it'll be fine. So I get the letter and I take it out and it says, "Congratulations, you're going to be going to Gunma Prefecture." And then, <clears throat> you know, I remember at the time I was I was with uh, some other like senpai who had done the the program before, and I was mm. I was like, hey, you know, uh, looks like I got Gunma. And they were kind of like, you know, kind of like sucking uh, <laughs> their teeth in. They're like, and I was like, at the time, I didn't even know oh, what man. that gesture meant, right? Yeah. Uh, they kind of they kind of do this thing, which is kind of like the uh, like, oh man, kind of kind of gesture. Mm. Um, and then they said, ah, Inaka dane. Uh, so Inaka means like countryside, right? And mm. you know, I had all for me, Jet meant working in a countryside. So I was like, oh great. But then it was, I think, a couple days later where, like, the realization hit me like a ton of bricks that I was going to be going where initial D takes place. Right? I was right. like, oh, Gunma, yeah. I feel like I've heard that before. I'll be in an anime I watched. You know? yeah. and, and this is like, you know, like in 2010, back before everybody knew where initial D takes place. You know, partially because of us. Right. This, is, this is our fault. Uh, so, so now I think people are actually requesting Gunma specifically to go to go live there. Like, I think a bunch of car guys I met did that. Um, but you know, I, I was I was like sitting around one day, and I was like, you know, just just uh, just probably like looking through like some car forums or something, and I mentioned Initial D, and then I was like, hey, I wonder. And then it kind of like it kind of like clicked in my mind. I was, yeah. oh my god. And it kind of like all these like light bulbs like started going. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, if I'm going to Gunma, can I get a car? So the first thing I did was I, I checked to make sure. I was like, can I get a car? Hmm, indeed I can. And I was like, hmm, all right. What kind of car can I get? Like I was like, okay, like just a beater car, right? I was like, I get a super right, cheap right. car. You just like live out like. At the time, I didn't even know the places in Initial D were real. So I was just yeah. like, I know it's like loosely based on, on Gunma. So then I was like, okay, I wonder if I, what kind of cars I can afford. And I was like, I looked up my salary for, for like how much I was going to get paid, right? 
So I was like, okay, so if I save up for a couple months, maybe I can get like some sort of beater, like Honda Civic or something. So I look up and yeah, I look up some old cars. And then I was like, whoa, I can save up for like two or three months and buy like a WRX STI. And this just blew my mind. Like, <laughs> you don't even understand, man, because yeah, you know Gran Turismo? Gran Turismo 1 and 2? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. in those games, um, you could you could buy the JDM spec, uh, you know, uh, uh, GC8, WRX STI. And, mm-hmm. but you, you couldn't buy them in real life in Canada because they never had them. Mm-hmm. So what we had was a 2.5 RS. And, you know, I love the car because of the way it looks and, and, it's, and its shape. But to have, like, the STI version, that's, like, man, that's, jeez, oh, that, that, that's, like, the, the like, the, for, 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 for Subaristo, that's the uh, holy grail. And I was, like, all right, going to Japan, going to buy uh, a GC8. And so, you know, I kind of set my mind to that. So and then I came to Japan. And uh, started doing everything on Jet, and I was like, "Wow, this is like the most amazing thing ever." So we we can get into that if if yeah. you like. Uh, but yeah, eventually, um, I did find a GC8 that I was gonna buy. But like a night or two before that, my next door neighbor, uh, whose girlfriend actually owned a black Miata, which which I passed mm-hmm. by on the way to work every day, uh, he said, "You know, we're looking to sell the Miata because we're trying to um, buy like a bigger car, like an SUV." It's like, why don't you give it, give it a, a, a spin? And at the time, um, my impression of the Miata was like a hairdresser car. So I was, I was really yeah. very, very excited about it. But I was like, hey, you know what? I've never driven in a convertible. It seems fun. So I'll, I'll give it a shot. Dude, I drove it for like seven minutes. And I was like, <laughs> like, I was like big brain moment, you know? <laughs> All this calculation yeah. starts happening. And then, and then I was like, huh. I can buy this car for half what I was going to spend for the GC8. I I went home and I immediately paid for it, and I was like, "On deal!" And like, mm-hmm. I I didn't look back for like for for years and years and years until I got my my own uh, uh, WRX STI, which was a couple years ago. Right. Um, yeah. But man, yeah, sorry, I just went on forever there. That was a no, no, that's, that's fine. That's perfect, man. That's perfect because a lot of people don't know those like little stuff. Like I didn't, I know you had the Miata that you said it was so it was black before you painted no, no, it no, yellow. It, it was a it was a black one. Then I sold that. One, okay. And then I bought a okay, yellow okay. one. So the way. Uh, okay. See now. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, saying I'm, I'm learning about you, man. Because it's like said now. Now I know you have multiple Miatas, not just one. It was, oh, man. So the 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 first the first one was uh yeah. oh so this was great so. So I bought it for two grand and I sold it for four. <laughs> and then, and then nice. I bought the, the next one for for two, also also for two. And mm. I remember with the black one, I always wanted to paint it yellow. So, you know, I was like, okay, there's going to be a, a cheap, good way to do this. And I was like, going to spray it yellow. <laughs> and <laughs> that would have yeah. been the worst idea ever. But uh, actually, the way I, I found the yellow one was uh, through Reddit. And what happened mm-hmm. was I met a, f- uh, a friend who was another guy from Toronto who had who was living in, in Tokyo at the time. And he was an, another IT guy. And uh, basically, I made a post on Reddit on r slash Miata. Like, oh, you know, I'm in Japan. This is my car. And then he reached out to me. He was like, oh, I was, I'm also a Miata driver. Let's hang out sometime. So we hung out and became friends. Um, this guy Ed, and when Ed went back to uh, Toronto, or no, she was going to New York. 
he was like, hey, Elbow, do you want to buy my car? I'm, I'm leaving. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I, I, I've quickly found a buyer for my car, and then I bought that car. And then ever since then, I was like, um, great, I got my yellow Miata. So I don't know, that was, it was, it was, uh, there's just something about yellow convertibles for me. It's, yeah, well, we definitely gonna talk about the newest yellow convertible we have because we're in a topic, man. So you got you got the you got went from that you got the STI, and then the STI. How long did you have that? Before, uh, how long did you? How long you still you sold? Yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. So I had I had STI. the okay. white one, and uh, oh man, that was a great right. car. So so when I moved to Tokyo, um, so I moved to Tokyo first. Actually, it was a weird situation because at the time, I was half living in Gunma and half living in Tokyo in in Ikebukuro. Mm. Uh, and the reason was because um, for you know for for folks who are thinking about moving to Japan, there's like a lot of startup costs when you move into a place. You know, you have to pay for like like something called key money, which is like this ridiculous fee to. It's basically like like a like a gift of of just like one or two months worth of rent to yep. to for for to express your gratitude to be able to be allowed to live in in, in the apartment. Anyway. It's, it's, <laughs> You know, yeah. it's just pain in the ass. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, I can't just choose some random place to to live. I need to be very careful about where I'm going to live. But fortunate. Uh, oh, and so what happened was, I had gotten the job in Tokyo, but I was still living in Gunma. So I was like, ah, okay. But my rent in Gunma was super cheap, right? It was like 400 bucks. Yeah. And rent in Tokyo is at least double that. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to move into some crappy place and and spend like maybe four or five grand just to move. Uh, but luckily, at the time, um, so I have a friend. Uh, he's also another YouTuber. His name is, is to- uh, Tokyo Sam. Uh, he's kind of infamous. Uh, he's infamous for putting the camera on the sushi tray as it went around. Do you, do you remember this this incident? I've seen, I've seen, I've heard the name, and I've seen some videos. Yeah, he's he's a pretty controversial dude, but he's like a super super nice guy and extremely inspirational and motivational. So you know, we would have like long chats, just inspiring each other. But anyways. Um, he was like, Hey, Albo, you know, if you want, you can come live in my, in my apartment or not my apartment, my, my house. Cause he was renting a house which had like multiple rooms and he was renting out the mm. rooms to like basically let, letting people sublet the rooms. And he's like, yeah, you know, you can stay in this little, little room I have, which, and for like 400 bucks a month. So it's like, okay, you know what? I can rent that place and keep my old place for the same amount it would have cost to rent a small apartment in Tokyo. So I had two places. Yeah. So I was just juggling two places. Literally, yeah. actually, to be fair, it was really what I was doing was I was paying Tokyo Sam 400 bucks a month to live in a freaking closet. Like, it was literally a closet. It was, <laughs> you know, like in Harry Potter where like he lives in, yeah. dude, it was literally that. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the one thing about that area that a lot of, it's, 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 it's um, and even when you, I know when you went to Guma, you, you, you're everybody who's outside of Japan. When you say Japan, they just their mind. You got pretty sure you've seen a picture when they say like, oh, "This is what everybody else thinks thinks of Japan." This is actually Japan. So it's like they think it's like lights and glamour, and it's just a lawsuit with a dim light lit and moths flying around. And this is so like you've seen mm-hmm. both of it, but they they think that all Japan is Tokyo. I'm like, dude, Japan. The way I, the, the best way I explain it to guys, Japan is a farm. With city sprinkling here and there, because like, yeah. it, it look, I mean, top to bottom, I've driven, I've driven personally from Amori down to Fuku, uh, Fuku uh, Fukuoka. I've been, I've driven the mm-hmm, whole mainland. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I haven't been to Okinawa yet, and I haven't been to, I haven't had a reason to go to Hokkaido. Hokkaido. Uh, so I've been all over mainland, and it's like, dude, it's the same. It the the, the architecture, the it's the same. It's like unless you go to Sendai or you go to you know Kobe or you go to the city, they're they're pretty much the same. So when guys get here, they like you know you go to Tokyo, then you go ten yards that way, then you're all in a, a rice paddy. And then Shibuya is right here. So it's like it wears people out when they get here and they finally see the area and how it looks and everything. But one, the biggest thing is they don't realize the cost of um, it's like kind of living in uh, New York, I guess, uh, versus, you know, if you're living, like you say, Guma, well, I'm in Masawa. Like my shop that I have here, I, I pay, I don't don't mind who he knows. I pay, I pay roughly around about um, roughly a, a thousand bucks USD equivalent. For my my spot here, if I had this same place down in Tokyo, I would easily pay close to four grand per month, and that's maybe an understatement. That's crazy. Uh, so like, yeah, it's it's the the and a lot of guys like you you nailed it with the guys that come here. They don't realize you got to get you have to pay road tax. You got to pay for your you know if you're if you're a foreigner, you got to pay um well on visa you got to pay gaijin tax. You got to pay for a parking permit. You got to pay for all this stuff. So I've had I've had two guys who come here on a jet program. And they had aspirations of being the next D1 driver, and they, inside of a year they were gone because they realized they never they're not going to get this really badass 240 or S13 Sylvia. It's just not going to happen, man. And you, I mean, from your story, man, it just seems like you played your cards properly. So I thought it couldn't be done with on a jet program, and you just you just totally blew that myth away, man. So it seems like it's case by case and person by person as to what they can do. And I think it's the mindset, man. Your mindset is just like I'm here, I'm happy. And not looking at the dregs of the life. Yeah, in Japan. I think there's a lot of interesting things you brought up. Like, and I wish we could spend like another six hours to touch on every single point. Oh man, we, we'll definitely talk more. more than yeah, one man. Time, man, this, this, this is <laughs> great. But yeah, I mean, like yeah. what you were just saying about positivity. It's I, I always think it's it's like a choice. It's, it's literally like a choice you you were making yeah, in, in every moment. Like even when things go bad, um. And this is like a practice that I, I, I learned like, I don't know, like 20 years ago uh, when I used to be really into, okay, this is super dorky, but I used to watch like a lot of like self-help tapes and like uh, and, uh, and self-help like DVDs and stuff. Like It's like learn how to become confident, like this kind of thing. I, I was like really into it. It's, it's really, really dorky. I think about it. But no, it was actually really valuable because it, it was able to instill some concepts that I would test. And then I realized, I'm like, actually, this is valid. So, and one of those ideas was uh, that, um, you know, uh, like being grateful and being positive, it's, it's, it's a good choice. And mm. um, one, of the, one of the tips I guess I, I could give is when something bad is happening, you can always um, like pull yourself away and, and, and put another emotion on top of that emotion. So like, let's say you are like really like depressed about, um, mm. let's say you're like, you're not making enough money as you want to live your your mm -hmm. your initial d drifter life right and you're like really bummed because you're working at like a, like a crappy english school or something right so mm -hmm. you could you could just be like depressed about that and angry or you could then take yourself one layer above that and observe yourself and be cu like curious that you are mm -hmm. kind of depressed and get and be like mm -hmm. hmm that's that's interesting like Look, like I'm, I'm really depressed about this. I wonder if there's anything I can do about it. And then you can like go another layer above that, and and be grateful that you're able to be curious about being, about being depressed. So then, so right. then, so then you you kind of trick yourself, and you're like, actually, it's not even a trick. You you're just it's it's 
you're you're literally being you're having gratitude for self-awareness right um and then you can take it once up above that and you then you can be uh excited because now you've realized that you're grateful for being curious about your situation and you're like i'm now going to do something about it and that's kind of like how you can change your mindset yeah, it's, it's very easy. It's very easy to do that. And then like, it, then it gets to the point where you're like, you say you pull yourself away. And then like, you know, like that, like you just mentioned, like you, you, you step outside yourself and deserve like, then you ask to yourself, like, why am I even like, really, why am I even depressed about this? And yeah. sometimes it'll, it'll, there'll be just that enough to, uh, to get yourself out of it. And then, you know, like you just said, you're in, you're, you're sitting in your case, maybe for example, like you're in Guma or whatever. And like, like, oh man, this sucks or whatever. Then like you realize, dude, I'm in Japan. I yeah. can go outside. I go oh, to yeah. Lawson's. I go to I go to the vending machines. All the stuff that you see. So it's and and I will say I'm I'm not um I don't uh you know Japan has these things. Japan is going to be Japan, and we're we're visitors here. Even no no matter how long we live here, we're visitors. Um, unless you get that you know straight up you know residency card or whatever. Um. You, you can't like be mad about the process of Japan. Like for me, it's like, I, I'm like, all right, why do you guys still use the fax machines? Like, come on, man. You got email, you got all this stuff. You still use fax machines. Then it took, I fought it for a year. Then I was like, you know what, man, I'll get a fax machine. And now I can talk to HKS and all these guys by fax. And I got an email and they say fax me the same stuff we just emailed about. And I thought people were like mad about email. So anyway, then I, you know, I, I sit back and think, yeah, man, it sucks. I'm not doing D1. I'm not doing formula drift this year because I had to start a business four years ago. And, I knew the sacrifices and I've done it, but it's sometimes you want to go, you see, you see, I see your videos. I see other people's stuff and it's like, man, I want to be out there. I can be, I, it's eight hours away. But when I go to Yokohama, it's like, I'm down there for business. I'll, I'll shake a few hands. I'll do some stuff and I come back because I got customers waiting. So it's the discipline to stay on course because you know, another year or so, everything will be good. You know, it'll be level out and everything. And then I look, I, I got 25 or 26 cars. I don't know how many cars I have now. I got a lot of cars, man. And then like, you got all this stuff, but you you're inside of it, so you don't see it. Right. And some other dude in Africa, some guy in Africa, would be like, "Dude, I would kill for your worst." Oh yeah, car. dude, exactly that. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm just listening to you right now. I'm like, dude, you've yeah. literally built a business and a life around what you yeah. love, right? I'm like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not even yeah. there yet. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's like, it's like, you know, I've got a I've got a YouTube channel which a lot of people are watching. I'm still yeah. working at like a corporate job right now. Like, granted, it's it's something that I'm really passionate about, and it's working on projects mm -hmm. that I think that I think have a lot of potential, and and I'm really excited about. But um, you, you know, it, it's it's all relative. You know, I, I think uh, I was I was I was happy when I was making like a fraction of the money, like you know, and and, and driving my dinky little Miata, and and I'm like right. the same. I'm actually like the same level of happiness now. Like. You know, it's there's there's this concept called um, uh, hedonic adaptation, and basically it's like uh, it's 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 your your level of happiness scales directly proportionally to your to how much you're you're achieving or how much you're making. So it's like even if you got more, you're not necessarily happier. You you just you just got into like this 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 higher point, which actually. Mm it's harder to maintain that. And then, so if you, if you drop from that level, you actually, you feel worse. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going with that, uh, necessarily, but I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a happy dude, you know, I'm just trying to do, yeah. do my thing. 
And <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You got two guys that are really highly involved. Like we didn't get to like the, the meat of the conversation, but like, it's like, you got two guys that are heavily involved in the cars. We both on YouTube, but like, we're talking about kind of like philosophy and mindset. And the thing about the guys out there, man, that, that are, you know, watching and listening, it, it's, we all we all love cars and things like that, but we're all deeper than an actual car. Like I say, find out through the martial arts. Those videos that you said talked about, I'm pretty sure I watched some of those videos before because I've seen a lot of those videos back in like like I say, right when E Bomb was still like uh was like still a thing and Streetfire.net was a mm. thing. I remember watching all those videos, so I'm pretty sure I seen one of your videos, man. If I go back and think about it, but it's like we we all we're all um. With car guys we do what we do, man, but behind the, the behind the 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 production, behind the videos, the reason why your viewers get those videos you get is because you have to have a certain mindset to to, to think about it and, and have the creative board. And the thing about it too, it's a skill because when you're doing the videos, I'm I'm not sure how you process it but his but for me when I shoot videos, I'm kinda editing as I'm shooting. Like oh, I yeah. shoot yeah, yeah. I'll like I'll I'll start and so to make it easier, because you know when you if you do something and you shoot it, then you shoot the entry of the track and then you're like, oh, I didn't get the entry. So now that file is at the end of your videos and maybe you won't mix it in there. So now when I roll into the track, I'm shooting as I go into the track. Oh, yeah. I'm shooting as I go into the pits. That way my files are in it. That's how I do it. Mm. My files are in the same order and I could just put them on a storyboard and you trim them and do what I got to do. So um, that's a skill set that people like, you know, you do it so much that you don't even think about oh, it. Oh, I still, I still think like, about it all the time, man. Yeah. In, in fact, I'll go <laughs> shoot something and then and then yeah. I will realize as I'm driving home, I'm like, oh, I missed this shot. Now the story is yeah, kind of like yeah, hard yeah. to tie together. <laughs> I need to figure out a way to, to kind of tie this all together. Or or I'll be like, um, like you, you know, like starting the day, I'll still be at home. Like, hey, guys, today, blah, 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 blah. But then I, I realize right. later when I'm editing, it's like I didn't need all that fluff. I should have just started right. like at the meat of it because, you know, people's right. attention um, – just yeah, dips, man. right? Yeah. So, so yeah. you're always kind of like, uh, like, like, like thinking about these little things for video production, especially for YouTube. Like, YouTube is really, really interesting because, um, mm. it it's it really teaches you how to hold people's attention. And what's right. really cool is they actually give you the analytics so you can actually show, uh, see, yeah, it's, it's nice. like, oh, this is exactly the point where people are dropping off. And then you yep. can watch your own video and be like, yeah, that is true. That's kind of shit. That is, that is where I would stop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's not really a talent more as it as it is just um, uh, uh, a skill. And if the if there's one talent, it's um, it, I think it's humility. And it's like just not thinking mm. like you're, 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 you're shit's fire. Uh, sorry for swearing. Right. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I try to be critical of what I produce, but – not like beating myself up for it, but just kind of like observing right. it. Like actually, like was that good or was that not? And like, and then I'll watch, um, I'll watch like a lot of other creators' stuff, and I'll be like, oh, the way they did that is really good. So, mm. um, you know, I'll, I'll be like thinking about my video while thinking about another video, and then I'll come up with a, a realization. And actually, I was just talking to a friend about this. Sorry, uh, excuse me, while I move this whole setup over here because this is literally. Yes. Battery's Sorry. dying, so one second. No, no Let me problem. This over no here. Let's so check this out. This is my light yeah. stick. Yeah. Yeah, it's like look like a lightsaber. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it changes color too. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, Depending man. if you're a Jedi or a Sith. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is it really is it light or is it a light? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a light. Like a it's, a, it's, it's just a, a okay. light. Okay, one second. Let me move this over here. All right, here we go. <clears throat> no, no editing, guys. This is this is the behind the scenes, the stuff that really happens here on on on, on videos and YouTube and everything. Oh, yeah, man. Like, see, this is stuff that like a lot of we were talking before we before we got started, guys out there. Like we when like we're having sync issues and then like the video comes up. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes. And his videos, my videos that you never see the, because I got for most of my videos, guys out there, like why he's doing that. Most of my videos at the track, um, I only have one camera. Like actually, the camera I use for years is actually the one that's on the wall recording this feed for the uh, podcast. When I go to the track now, I got one GoPro because I, I got rid of the old camera. So when you see those chant, those um, um, driving a car, when you guys out there see like the the um, when you see the car switching around or the view switching around, that's me doing a lap. And then coming back and changing the camera every time. So I'm like, I, I, and if I crash a car on a second lap, then guess what? The video's not going to get finished. So like, that's a lot of the stuff that you guys will see. Like for you, like uh, get that stuff get set up. You're good to yep. go right there. Yeah. All right. So for your, for your, while I was just kind of talking about my cameras, like, like how many cameras do you actually utilize for your, um, for your shoot, your production? Uh, so, hmm, that, that's a good, that's a good question because I feel like these days I could literally get away with just using my iPhone. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like it's you don't need like back in the day. I would have all these cables and adapters and things and stuff like that. Now, honestly, I just I mean the, the go like for example the GoPro the audio always the audio is a little bit better, but it still sucks. But the quality is amazing. Mm. And it's just like you got one little bag and you got the little adapter to put it in there to screw it onto a tripod and your gear is just so like minimalized. Now, it is man. it is minimal. Um, but what's really yeah. fun too is um. You know, if if you want to get into the the cinematic production aspect of it, that can be like really really fun too. So, um, yeah. I'll show you a couple things. Give me one sec. Yeah, okay, no problem. Yep. All right, cool. Why well, doing that again, guys? Again, he, we're just talking about the you know he's gonna get the cameras and stuff like that. But guys, are there just go ahead and make sure you send your questions to podcastpankostyle.com. And uh, you know, if you got any questions, topics, and things like that, we'll get to it. Right now, in this conversation is just a conversation, so we roll, we talk. And we do things so there's no like really guide. But if you got any questions or topics, any questions for Albo on the next episode, uh, just let us know. All right. So what do you got right, there, so man? So just a couple of pieces of gear that I thought would be interesting to show. Uh, yeah. You know, like I was saying, so I shoot with the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, man, for for the price, like these are expensive as heck. But actually, yeah. if you if you think about how much you use your your phone, like you're literally on it like half half the day. I'm really ashamed to. to yeah. You know, it, it'll, it'll show like how much you're looking at your phone throughout the day. It's, I, yeah. like, I don't even try to look at that anymore. I justify to myself yeah. because I'm like, I'm a YouTuber, content creator. I need yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's exactly. all you need. As long as you, long as you justify it to yourself in your mind, you're good. For me, I'm always on it, but it's, it's always business. So like, um, I was taught, I, I listened to like uh, one guy for Value Tainment. Um, he puts out a lot of content. And um, he's like, yeah, man, if you're not killing your, if you're not killing your phone twice in one day, you're not busy. And he, that's how he justifies, you know, he's on the meetings and he's calling people. And I do, I use my, it's like the phones are like, it's, 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 it's a staple part yeah, of technology. That's good. It, like it literally does everything. And then I love, I love because yeah. it's got um like three cameras, right? So you got your super wide, which can technically eliminate your GoPro. You have the long lens, which is, is actually very, very good for, for, uh, you know, capturing something a little bit further away, but the normal lens is, is really great for, for um, uh, vlogging too, right? So I think mm. if you just want to start putting out content like on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or something, you this is all you need actually. So I think, yeah. for example, if you were like a budding YouTuber, you know, like you think it's all about the gear, 
you can literally get to like a hundred thousand subscribers with like a phone. It, it's it because yeah. it's not about it's not at all about the 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 camera equipment. That yeah. being said, I'm a geek, so I want to show you some of the things that here that are, that are yeah, good. no problem. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Okay, so my newest um, acquisition purchase over here. So it's these two things, and this is a. Uh, okay, let me show you. All right, so we need this cable instead. So this is a, a wireless mic setup. Uh -huh. And as you know, audio is like one of the most important things because if, if you can't hear what's going on, if there's too much background noise, right. then people will like complain incessantly and they'll also just stop watching the video. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, especially if you're talking to the camera and it's like outside and it's windy. Yeah. Yeah, and especially yeah. as you know, if you're shooting like at a drift event and there's just like so much going on, it's too loud, right? Mm -hmm. And so I experimented with like a bunch of different setups like wireless labs and I, I just wanted something that was wireless and like, most people have something like this, which is like a shotgun mic, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be on the phone, mm -hmm. and you'll be like like this distance, which which is fine. But like this is like a this is a really cool piece of kit. Um, and the way that I find is like super super cool is when you connect this to your iPhone, actually, because then your your phone becomes such uh, it becomes so versatile, and you you can mount it right in like in your car, for example. Okay, so yep. let me just show that. this right here. I'll just show you this whole setup over here. All right, so the way this would work is you have your iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. And then it would go onto this, um, this little smartphone mount. And then it's attached to this vacuum mount. So when you attach it somewhere uh, solid and press this little thing here, it's going to suck all the air out and make it like a super, super tight fit. Uh, and then what you do is you take... Um, yeah, I've got to get the cable for this now. Okay, where's that? Here we go. So what's annoying is with, with Apple, you got to get these connectors, these special connectors. Yeah, adapters for everything. So that connects to there, right? So that you can plug this to your, your, um, your lightning port, right? And then that then will allow you to mount this on, on this um, hot shoe mount. And then now you have this incredibly, incredibly versatile um, wireless lab setup. And like mm. this, this thing was like, I think 200 bucks. Yeah. Just about 200 bucks. It is so worth it, dude, that yeah. everybody I talked to, I'm like, you should buy this like literally today if you're making content. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. So this is, um, this is a super cool thing. Um, the other thing I shoot with, uh, for more cinematic stuff is, is this, I'm going to show you. So, um, yeah. so this, this, okay, this is the big guns, right? Um, so what I want to show you guys is actually not not this. Okay, so this is a really good camera. This is a Panasonic GH5. But what do you think this thing is? It's like a, it looks like a it's like a it's wide angle or a filter or like something like that it looks. Okay, okay. What does it do? Okay, yeah, okay. What is it? Okay, give me another hint. Okay, this is the lens. This is the actual lens. Mhm. Mm okay. Yeah. This Any ideas? No, I don't. All right, right. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Let, let me just. Uh, <laughs> dude, let me let me just blow your mind over here. Okay. Da, da, da. All right. So I'm gonna open up this app called Parrot on my phone, mm. and I'm gonna pull open this this file. 
So any ideas? I'm going to combine these two together. The phone in the oh this the phone in the uh, that uh, that little screen you got right there the the, the adapter. Mm -hmm. So like does it make does it make it does it make um I'm guessing it takes the the uh, the field of vision I guess and make it it changes like the is it like a wide angle or not not like a fish lens or something like that but uh all right it seems like it would do something like it's gonna make it's gonna make your the image okay okay let me show you here we go all right so that's your phone. Oh no shit, man! Like a little, like a, like no shit, like a little. It, is that like a like HUD? Yeah, it, it's it's like, called a teleprompter. Mm. So, so you can actually you actually read you're reading off of that, right? When exactly. You, I mean, you're yeah. like so okay. it's it's what it's what pros use at like uh like news or uh like right. late night hosts. No shit, teleprompter. Exactly. A mini teleprompter. It's a mini That's teleprompter, crazy. and it just attaches right to the lens. And this thing is a game changer, man, because like, it eliminates all your ahs and ums, and you can script everything out. Right. And you can deliver it yeah. like you're delivering, like, literally, like you're delivering, like uh, you're narrating uh, a documentary. So that's what I use it for, right? Right. And mm. it's this thing is just amazing. Um, that's crazy, man. I think that thing's awesome. That's like that's definitely definitely next level because that's one that's one of the things, man. When you go when you you don't realize even even when the podcast we get the podcast. Uh, besides like you say, talking to yourself and other guys, man. And, and it just, cause I don't, I don't talk to people a lot when I'm in, I work by myself. Yep. So you, when you get to in a situation where you don't talk to people a lot, when you, I mean, you still have conversations, but you don't realize, um, like, uh, just like this podcast, man, is like, it, it increased like listening skills. It's like list actually listening to everything you say instead of like listening and then like holding on to the thought that you want to blurt out. I just like, if I forget it, I'll forget it, you know, whatever. <laughs> but the, um, the, the ums and the, the the stutters and everything you don't realize how much you say until you go back and watch yourself like then I remember one time I used to edit like I used to go back and literally edit those up and I was like I just need to get better at talking because that's it's too much yeah. to edit and then you see those videos which I I remember that once it was like maybe 2013 or 2014 where everybody's making those videos where they would just be so choppy like they it just it you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. exactly it's what I'm like, talking about it just be like yeah yeah i'm like god damn dude like you can't talk more than 10 seconds without it's like dude and then now you notice that doesn't people's like dude that's annoying and i noticed like it just overnight like a lot of people don't do it as much maybe once or twice or three times in a video but not every five i know seconds. what you mean like, be before click, it was literally like every third word Every right? sec, yeah, and that's interesting yeah. because that's kind of like a YouTube style, actually. Yeah, it um, is. yeah, and like that would never fly on like normal TV, but it's it's accepted right. uh, on YouTube. And what I was actually what I've been trying to do is you know over, and I think a lot of folks have been as well. It's like as much as possible reduce reliance on that editing technique uh, right. because. It's not that it's like amateur, but it's very YouTube-y. Mm. And if you have like an mm. ambition to go beyond YouTube, or like which right. is like what I did, um, then it's very difficult because you, you, that's a, that's actually a skill set that you need to have, which is presenting mm. and being engaging right. for the camera without having to rely on editing later on to cut your us and ums, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that's a really interesting point, man. Yeah. It's 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 yeah, tough, you know. Making videos is not easy, but yeah, it's not. It's 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 one of those things you get comfortable. Like for the, I guess my transition 
from my from my from my video to making a podcast, it wasn't it wasn't difficult because I was already doing it like before. You were already doing like the because before my YouTube was just videos, and then one of the people was saying, "Hey man, could you tell us more about Japan?" And I was like, "Hey, why not?" So I started making videos like kind of like a vlog. My, a hybrid vlog where I wasn't doing the whole like, hey, I'm waking up, I'm drinking mm-hmm. coffee. I would like you say, I would get to it at the event. Uh, hey, I'm at the BC Circuit, uh, Manami Circuit. We're going to do D1 Divisionals, all this stuff, blah blah. I get right into it from that point, and people start to like it. And then for me, I had this my technique that I used because I did, I watched videos. I didn't like where guys would do the vlog, and then they would they would say, let's go to the car, and then they walk. They they were actually show walking down the steps, walking outside, and then. You know, for me, I would cut that out personally, but then it be it wouldn't become a vlog because you're not showing the whole process and they don't know if you maybe you're doing this before mm. that. So I would my videos, man, when I make made them, I had like no dead space. Like it was just like action, 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 mm. action. And then people I I didn't realize people actually some people like the actual, hey man, I'm gonna go to Lawson's and buy some black black so I can drive down to Yokohama. And this black black is, is gum. I really Peppermint gum, I guess you would call it, call it or whatever. It keeps you awake, and 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 people. So it's like it's the one thing about YouTube, and I'm pretty sure you experience this too, man. Is like, who do you cater to, and like, uh, who do you? It's like finding a happy medium because it's hard to please everyone. Mm-hmm. Some guys want to see just action, 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 and noise and fireballs and and girls, and and some guys want to see you eating ramen. And yeah, it's like it's weird. I mean, dude, the way the way I think about it is, um, you gotta basically make what you want to make uh and and the reason is um it's essentially um the people who comment Mm -hmm. they don't represent like everybody actually they're just the people who have taken the time to to comment what they like or they don't like so if you actually pander to what they want and it goes against what you want to make then you're kind of like building a box around yourself and you're and if you start making that kind of content, uh, what's going to happen is the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm, uh, will start promoting that content that you're making to the types of people who want to watch that content. So if right. if you stuck to your if you had stuck to your guns, let's say you love making videos where half the videos you at Lawson eating an onigiri and just mm-hmm. talking about how much you love <laughs> onigiris, what's going to happen right. is you're going to build an audience who loves watching you talk about eating onigiris. They're going to be like, I really right. relate to that. That's awesome. I love this combination of right. eating community foods and driving. Like that by itself, that's an entire show. That's an entire channel, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got to stick to your guns and you got to make exactly just what you want to make. And I think for mm-hmm. me, that's why I've been able to do this for so long because, you know, I, I basically, what I do is I watch other stuff and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I, I'll watch other stuff. Be like, oh, that's really cool. I'll, like, I'll watch like a Vice documentary. Be like, oh, that's I like all these things. What if I just make something that's like all these things I like put together? So I just make that and I have a really fun time making that. Um, And then like later on, I might realize, okay, this part was boring. I can just do that differently next time. But, you know, basically like piece of content by piece of content, I think I just try to make what I want to make and um, just try to make it to like the best of my ability. And, And I think, you know, as you get better, you get better at gauging, comparing your content to like other people's content. And you're like, mm. you know, like when you look back, if you have some level of self-awareness, you can be like, yeah, that was pretty shit. <laughs> and then hopefully right. you get better two years later and you make something um, that, you know, can be comparable to something that you actually enjoyed. And 
and then you know you you you're, you're able to make something that is what you would want to watch and what you do find enjoyable mm-hmm. and then youtube will find people who like that content and show it to them um and um and i think the other really important part of it um and i think this goes really for any type of content whether you're making content for youtube or you're just making posts on instagram or you're making doing tiktok dances maybe less for tiktok dances yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. very much so especially for youtube um it's it's uh the channels that have like the most longevity and and by longevity i mean the person making it actually wants to keep making it is when it's built around like your personality right, right. because then then um you're just you're just being you and you've gotten used to being mm. on camera and then it's just very natural right so mm. um you know like I, I think the what's really difficult is if you if you put up like this this mask or you make this character yeah. right and then you're kind of like stuck <laughs> in that you can right? tell yeah especially when especially when people with my buddy I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna actually clip it all because he it was funny as hell because he was like, hey, man, he was like talking about meeting YouTubers because he's a YouTuber as well, a vlogger. And he was like, man, I could tell some people when they, when they, right before they press uh, record, <clears throat> he's like, man, he just kind of like be like, psych- he was like psyching herself up, like, and then they like psyching themselves up to be somebody they're not. So when somebody meets like yourself, meets me in person, it's like you're the same guy that you see. And then, like you say, you're not burnt out by trying to be like a, like, trying to maybe say if you're trying to like model yourself at the steve-o or something like that like you try you're, you're trying to act even though you're no you're nothing like steve-o steve-o like you, you know steve-o from yeah, yeah, Jackass. yeah that's that's steve-o that's the reason why he works so well is because that's yeah, him yeah. and and somebody's he, just, he's just a camera recording him, right him. And it's like, he's just right. being that's himself just, and he's just crazy that's just yeah. him and that's, that's the easiest thing to do man the hardest thing in life man is to it's honestly to be fake, man. And so many people, um, I talk to other guys who create content. They just get burnt out because that that persona that they were putting out there, they couldn't maintain that for three, five years. It's just like after a certain amount of time, you just get tired of being it. And you just, as a person, you also change. So you're like, hey, yeah, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that no more. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when you're actually, you're actually yourself, yeah. you're not going to change much. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just going to be like yeah. that. So, you know, like three to five years, that's easy. Think 10 years, like 10, 15 yeah. years. Because yeah. like, you know, if... If, if you are seriously thinking about, you know, building a brand that has longevity and that it will actually be able to, like, support your entire life, like, um, unless you are showing content that has value that is, like, not you, um, mm. which, which is also really difficult because then it's, 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 uh, it can be commodified and other people can do that idea, but nobody can be exactly right. you. Um, right. But if, uh, if, if you're just yourself, then... You know, it, it's a lot easier to keep it going. And the flip side to that, I think, is I definitely notice, like, even for myself, like, I have my, when I'm just, like, chill, you know, just, like, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got, you, got, you got to turn it on for the camera, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, right. like, it, it becomes kind of like a part of you as well. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, uh, oh, like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, you're like a different person when you shoot videos. But it's, it's actually not. I think if you're just trying to be authentic with yourself and you, and, and you watch your videos later and then you're self-critical and you're like, actually, yeah, I was kind of boring like that. Maybe I should try to like be a little bit more genki. And I, right. I really learned this like when I was like an English teacher, right? Because like when you're teaching a group of kids, you know, it's like you can't just be like your normal, chill, lazy self sometimes, right? You got to like 
hype them up. You got to be like, like, mm. like, uh, like a, another, you got to show us another side of yourself. So, um, I think you just have to find that side of yourself that is very like that outgoing personality and that, 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 you know, the individual in yourself that wants to shine and show your, your gift to the world. And, uh, mm. yeah, man, I, I think it's, a uh, everyone's got that. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's there. It's not though. Um, for me, I, I just personally, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to, um, I just, when I turned the camera on and one thing I did, I, I try to. I try to smile a little bit more because I'm not, I'm not naturally a smiling person. Um, and then like, so like that rest, the resting bitch face, man, and people like, they, like Japanese, dude, Japanese are like afraid of me, man. Like if I don't, when I go to a track meet, I, I, I honestly, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I, the, the, depending on the energy I get from the people that are there, cause I go, I go around a lot and then you can tell, man, you know, you've been here, you're gaijin and everything. And when you first go to a new setting, sometimes if you don't know people there, they kind of like, well, who's this guy? What is he about? So they kind of like themselves apprehensive. And then after they see something or there's something or somebody will introduce, then all of a sudden, like, you know, maybe 30 minutes later, they'll come over and want to talk to you and everything. Or, or for me, um, it's like I'll, every time I love it. Cause they, they don't like, is, can this guy really drive? And I'll go out there and like slay the track. Then I'll come back and then they'll be like, Hey, like, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, my name is Takami or whatever. And then we'll start talking. We ate each other on Facebook. We've been buddies for like 10 years now. And it is, it's, Japan is like that. Japan, for the guys who don't know, Japan is very cliquish. Uh, so if you go to the track, there'll be like 30 or 40 different, like of a, at a big event, there could be 30 or 40 different little groups that won't really talk to each other, but they'll acknowledge each other, but they'll stay in that little group. There'll be one or two guys or two or three guys or whatever. The smaller events is like, it's not that not that much, but you know, it is cool. So when you guys come here, don't be like, don't feel uh, discouraged or don't feel like you're being disrespected because they don't come to you right away and talk about your car because they've seen Sylvia's that's here. They don't care about your car. So it's just a really odd thing, man. But kind of like move because we'll, we'll, that's one of the things we could talk about forever, man. You mentioned you're in, you're in Guma. One of the things in Guma was the actual uh, D's Cafe. I'm pretty sure you've been oh, yeah, there. Lots of times. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. So. So I went to D's Cafe, and he—he's one of those like the owner of D's Cafe, man. He's like, I, my wife was talking to him. He's not really a card. He's like, he's in the cars, but he's not really out. When I seen the cafe, I thought he'd be like all ginky about talk. Like I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. He's kind of like a really mellow, monotone mm. yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, it, it kind of threw me off. I was like, does he not 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 does he, he don't like me? She's like, no, nah, he's just that's just him. And uh, but. The reason I brought that up, man, is because like one thing I really want to talk about. We, you mentioned uh, before with the car thefts. You know, his car has been. He got. He had the Hashiroko oh, that he yeah. sold. That's right. And a and a guy didn't. The guy didn't pay him for it, which he 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 had utilized too much, uh, too much trust. Then he finally got that money back thanks thanks to Facebook. And then um then recently I'm not sure if he recovered from it. Recently, all his cars they had wheels stolen and the glass busted out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So he, he had a bunch of display cars, man. And uh, that's one of the things here that people don't realize. Japan is very nice, but there is there are there are malicious people here. And one of the recent things that we've seen coming up just out of the blue, and it's not like this is new, but the uh, the, the uh, actually I, I won't say the company's name because I don't want to. Uh, but the guys out there who know what I'm talking about, it's all around the internet. It's overwhelming evidence showing that these cars have been stolen on July and in August, the parts are for sale is a clip with identifying parts, man. So like for that, the theft, man, like in your circle, have you heard anything, uh, you know, regarding the situations or, you know? Oh yeah, man. I, I, I think yeah. it's, uh, 
it's it's a terrible situation but i i think this has right. been kind of happening for a while and a oh it's, it's 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 over the past few years you know i, I keep hearing stories about like these guys who are having like their uh their their subarus or evo stolen or uh supras rx7s they'll and people will like literally chase people down especially skyline skylines keep getting stolen like crazy and right and um uh it's 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 really it's a really difficult situation um because you know there's a lot of things that we don't know we can only speculate right, right. um and so who knows if it's like one group or if it's like multiple groups or if it's like a syndicate or if it's it's mm -hmm. like really organized um like it it seems it seems like it's kind of like connected as like an organized uh, crime thing, uh, to to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know as as more information kind of like gets out, it's it's uh, you know like a lot of like dots are like starting to connect together. Of course, like nobody wants, especially when we have big platforms, like we, we don't want to be like mm -hmm. yeah, like you know yeah. Uh, so that th that's what yeah. that's what I'm kind of like, <laughs> like tiptoeing around. Um, right. But right. I I guess what I would say is. Uh, living in japan is just like very safe in in general uh especially mm -hmm. like like thefts are like they never happen to, to the to the point where multiple times i've literally left a wallet with like 300 dollars in it because you just carry on money without much a wallet without much money in it japan is right. such a cash-based society that like sometimes i'll have like 500 600 bucks in my wallet and i, I don't even think about it it's like not even a big deal mm. right because I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use it throughout the month. So it's like, just take the money right. out once instead of having to go to the ATM a bunch of times. Multiple right? times. So I'm, yeah. I'm not some big baller. I'm just like throwing all this money around. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But I'm saying it's like it's the opposite. Actually, it's like I don't want to spend that <laughs> two hundred yen yeah, to pull just, money just, out again. Like, <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? Um, but um, and yeah, and then a couple times I literally left my wallet in a train, and then mm. three days later I went and picked up picked it up at the station because somebody had turned it in to the station staff and I was able to mm. get the wallet and it still had money inside it. And like another yeah. time I left it at the hub of all places, you know, the hub, it's like this, this, this sketchy bar. It's like a yeah. chain of sketchy British style pubs. And, um, yeah, I mean, I dropped my wallet, uh, on the, on the counter, uh, beside the counter and I came back three hours later and I just got it back. So, um, as a whole, uh um like people in japan like japanese folks uh in my experience have have been have a very high standard of integrity so thefts don't really happen uh there might be like one or two um like exceptional cases uh maybe if oh, it's yeah. tied to like organized crime like like uh like uh yakuza right but it's, it's not even that like or it would be more like um like chinpira which is like the like the youth gangs right and that those are the guys that would actually like later on become indoctrinated into into more organized crime like the yakuza, but um, right. uh, like the actual like Japanese organized crime groups they'll they'll do stuff more like like uh, like protection money or money laundering or right. they'll set up like businesses that seem that seem to be legitimate but actually are making money mm -hmm. in different ways but not straight up stealing cars. And mm. um, from from what I've what I have the reports that I've heard where people have chased down folks who are 
like stealing cars, it's like they tend to be actually not Japanese. They're like they're like foreigners, right? And it's it's, right. it's very it's 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 a difficult topic because I don't want to speculate on nationality and, and I, I don't want to yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and we both both us being guys that's the thing too because I I've, I was I I I posted that somebody added me to the group and I was kind of reluctant to join. Then I wanted to see this like the group that's going around Facebook. And I might actually leave because I don't want to be like there to be like a sweep through there and then my name to be tied to anything. And you got to be, it's not that we're not exercising cowardice. It's just, again, we, we're we connected to different things. Your channels, my channel, then your job and everything. You got to be careful mm. about, you yeah, know, that's true. about you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about yeah, from so, a perspective of like, like so like let's say um, like there's a, a YouTuber uh, who released a video about this already. Um, mm. And what I don't want to do is, and not saying that he did, is, is capitalizing on this situation, but I don't want to capitalize on this situation for views because I don't need to. This is right. this is yeah. not something that I need to, uh, uh, from a from a growing my brand perspective. Like it's it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more like I want to I would want to um, help move the uh, the the investigation along in, in somehow by um, maybe letting somebody who has connections or letting more people know basically about what is going on, like right. in terms of like the facts. And right now, like there's a lot of like, uh, like sleuthing going around where people are like searching on Google maps and then they're insinuating like this person's house is tied to, and then actually there's a lot of like really, uh, interesting, um, connections that people are making. Like, so for example, like the, the right. supplier is, has the same name as like the, the as the company yeah. in, 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 in question. Um, which is like really sketchy, right? But at the same time, like just in case I'm wrong, it's it's like the same thing where you don't want to wrongly accuse somebody, right? Yeah, like there needs to be more evidence. And I think right. if it comes to the point where um, I, I I do feel like, okay, this is legitimately, like there is like some really shady thing going on. Like I might mm -hmm. put out a video. It's, 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 uh, uh, but then, you know, like you, you brought up a point I wasn't even thinking about, which is the fact that uh, that may cause you to be targeted. Uh, mm. And I hadn't even thought about that. But that, that you know, like that, that's actually yeah. like a legitimate uh, concern, right? Especially if you have like like a business where people know where it is. And, you know, they're like, like, uh, like you, you never know what's going on, especially with, with, with organized crime, how, how they might retaliate. So. Um, I don't know, man. It's I, I would like, uh, I would hope that you know, legit, like the authorities would jump on this case. Uh, and I, from what I did hear, it's <laughs> what I heard. When what I mean by that is like I read a some Facebook comment, and you yeah. know, somebody said like, apparently some jurisdiction is is uh, uh, assigning a detective to look into this. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is yeah, something. Sure. It's a, a a detective, which is singular, which is one guy. Because that's one thing here is like you mentioned before that that like like getting your wallet back. They're not saying that some of the Japanese um there's not bad people. There's bad people everywhere, but because there's so little crime, so little theft, and even though those numbers there overall they don't see it that much and it's spread out, or it's focalized into one area. They they don't um have a need to have like for example New Jersey. They got like a you know, a grand, a grand theft auto uh, unit all over because that's a common thing in the States. Mm -hmm. But here, like you say, 
just like your story, man. I, I remember going to Fukush, uh, Fukushima for I went for four days to uh, race a drift or whatever, and I left my my garage. I made I, I had an automatic clicker. I left something. I went to go there and I hit the clicker, mm. but I was so in a hurry to get on the road that I didn't watch my garage go down. Yeah, it actually went up. Yeah, so my my entire house it's just open computers projectors open man for for four days straight. Like, I mean, I had money on the counter. I had this hair. I had tools there open for four days. I come back and everything's in the same spot that I left it in. If I wasn't, you know, I'm from Baltimore. And if you do that, something like that, man, you know, you're going to you, your TV's going to be gone. Everything's going to be gone. Your, your food's going to be gone. And uh, and um, so it's you get to that felt that uh, false sense of security being here for so long. Uh, well, my shop here, man, I got I got I, I spent about eight grand in security, man. And I'm, I, I probably overdid it, but. I I rather overdo it with my assets and my customer assets here, and uh, have security. That way, if somebody comes here two two in the morning, I can see their face at nighttime with my cameras, mm. and it goes to my phone. Utilizing technology with sensors and everything, man. So the most time, I, the most irritant uh, or thing that happens here is I got a cat that's somehow getting inside my garage. I got to figure that out. But that's the biggest. My my biggest worry is is a is a neko getting in my garage. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I'm, I'd rather have that than have to worry about guys coming in here and taking things and, and doing things. And I get guys, and again, I hate to put it on race, man, but my wife, there's like some Pakistan, Pakistani guys that drops by here and she never sees them much. So I'm like, look, they, they do car stuff. We, we don't know if they're bad or not. Uh, and I kind of, I cut through BS right away, man. So when they come here, I'm like, Hey, what do you want? Blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm doing. So I can't not, I'm trying to shoot people away, but I'm a very busy guy and I don't, I don't do a lot of small talk to be honest. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, weekend, something like that. But so they, I don't let them linger. So they get the idea that I'm not, I don't mess around and things like that. And generally, when they see me, man, I, you know, I'm a 240 pound, almost six foot uh, black guy with a mohawk. So that kind of, that kind of, you know. And then they see like the they'll come in and see the jujitsu pictures and the medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you fight? I'm like, yeah, I fight yeah. too. And they're like, okay, so Johnny, yeah, so it's um, so like you know, yeah, man, it's you know, it's unfortunate that this is going on right now. A lot of the evidence that some of the online detectives are pulling up is matching up and everything, yeah. but again, it's you know, until until they're really proven guilty, it's better to not because some guys in there are just spewing things, and also for me i don't understand what happened to even get that on cuz it just came out of the came out of the blue like 4 days ago and then now it's all over never this guy's been over for 10 years so like what happened to really somebody had to post something and then the internet got a hold of it and now it just blew i think up, i think man. what happened was um there's this one japanese guy uh you know who who made some posts where i think literally two of his cars were stolen i think it was like a like mm. a, like an ek9 and then uh uh oh, the white, the white yep 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 and then and then the oh, blue yeah. the blue okay. um a GDB, and and then you know somebody was able to connect the dots and be like, hey, actually, isn't this this part? And the reason I am, let me recall, I think the reason it was very obvious was a couple reasons. I think the the hood of the EK9 was a one-off. The hood, the hood they had a tow hook, and then the license plates carrier, yep. and then the the, the block, the, the cylinder block actually had the same number. And yeah, and then so it's like, yeah, this is obviously stolen. And then when people are like, okay, so this shop is now selling sold stolen parts. So that was established pretty mm. quickly. But now you know what people right. are saying, uh, trying to determine is whether that shop was actually in cahoots with the supplier, or they're just 
they have a network of suppliers and then they're just getting parts from like some whatever suppliers um you know and and like so so definitely there is this sketchy network. at least one supplier is is like is like literally stealing cars and selling right. selling them right um and then actually I, I remember i think you posted this as well but it's it's like as you know when you export cars it's a very stringent process it's not you know yeah. it's it's you need to go through all these hoops and with all this paperwork so there needs to yeah. um yeah. <laughs> somebody's inside that that's what i that's what i think too i, I think you know yeah. somebody somebody's on so, inside somebody's getting um getting like a kickback for for letting letting yeah. this this stuff uh go through onto like the the black dealer supplier market and then right. you know and then and then they're trying to um like if if i were to set up like this kind of organized system right you you would want to control both ends of it right like if if i'm supplying i would also be like well why don't i control the end as well right, right. so i mean and I, I don't want to insinuate like that is exactly what's happening but like from a business standpoint like if if you have the supply you also want to be able to have the distribution right and right. and then and then if, if you have both then you have like an un, unbeatable business model right mm. only thing is this is based on like on on like literally stealing people's beloved cars cutting them up yeah, right man. And, and like yeah. if it is if this is in fact the situation um and yeah this this is just my speculation but i i i feel like it um it kind of makes it it intuitively you know because i was i said i was a business major right um mm. in university and i'm like yeah of, of course if you have the means like you would want to set up a, a a company to distribute and it's not hard right it's like you you can you can easily set up a comp you need like a a minimal amount of money like the hard part is actually mm -hmm. the supply right you can start a website you can start like a site like uh like in the states or something you can start like a company in a random right. company like in delaware and then you could aka aka amazon exactly right and like yeah. you pay very little tax <laughs> yeah. and th and then yeah <laughs> you can have it's like usually when guys start like this kind of business like they think, oh, I'm going to import parts. They don't realize the hard part is like the supply. But if right. you are the supplier, and then you could just make that business and then send it to that business, right? And then and then sell it to customers everywhere. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm I'm overstepping my bounds and like speculating too much. Yeah, but, you know. it's, it's it's still it's still it's too fresh. And the thing, you know, other than the other than the uh, you know the owners and everything, it's the thing. What really really sucks about everything. Is um somebody posted a picture of the number plates which I posted up. You know, I'm, I'm kind of going to stop commenting because again, I, for me to be a shop owner, I don't need to be like kind of mixed up in that. Not saying I don't want to help out to be involved, but I, it's just better not to be because like I said, it could be a sweep. This guy's in a mortgage, blah blah blah. But the um somebody posted the number plates and I this is one thing I do like I, I got to do like she five cars tomorrow for number plates. When cars leave here, man, that number plate is a controlled item. And when you lose one of them, guys out there, you got to do a police report. That's why I actually sold, I sold two number plates before and I had to actually, I had to get them back because I, it was, it was so much of a pain in the ass to deregister this car. And, um, I had to, I had to buy, I had to get the guy's money back. He had to send it back to me and, um, I had to turn it in because the cops, I was, I said like three times before that I lost a plate drifting and they like, all right, after the fourth time, how many got their number plates you're going to lose? Mm. Uh, so I couldn't use that. I couldn't use that excuse anymore. And that's a, one of the excuses I, I used was I lost it. I actually have whatever. I got two white plates here on my wall. 
for my 30 it's a number y30 and y32 for my dr30 my r32 for the memory right but that's a white yeah. yeah, white white plate is a little bit they don't care too much about the yeah. white plate that's 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 you know whatever but the actual kanji plate guys are there they're broken in half they turned them so the one guy who posted all those number plates those are still on paper in japan registered they're not they haven't been destroyed yet so those are all and somebody brought up the whole fukushima thing where they were all fukushima cars or whatever whatever the case is those are not supposed to be sold so that's that's like they this company man you know I don't, and again you guys out there all know who know i'm not going to bring their name up but they're this overwhelming evidence that's not looking good for those guys and their partners so i could all i can see out there guys uh kind of like wrapping this uh, topic up man it's just when you guys hit me up for business stuff if it's not 25 years old it doesn't have paperwork i'm not touching mm. it so it's just one of those things where it's it's money whoever's working at the lto office like you said for maybe 10 years they were getting paid like they were living well. They probably living. They probably they probably look like they're living a modest life, but underneath they're getting paid. Somebody's getting paid off to get these documents because the documentation here is very strict. If you don't have one Hunko stamp, you can't register the car, which is why about fifteen of my cars don't have documents because they lost the papers. It's not stolen. I checked myself. Um, you can check easily. They they lost the papers. The person passes away or dies, and they can't uh, find their uncle stamp or their uh, angel or Joto show me or whatever. They can't get the paper. So you know all you know how it works with the paperwork. If you don't get it, you're just screwed, and the car just like becomes a paperweight or a track only car. Which is mo- most of the cars you see in D1GP is because they don't have paperwork or documents, and they just become off road. So it's very it's very strict here, guys, and you cannot just get away with signing the car off and waiting sixty days and then. You can't do that here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Like, um, you know, because of uh, uh, a few bad dealers uh, or suppliers, there's going to be like a crackdown on like on this industry. And so, you know, potentially what might happen oh. is it's going to become a lot more difficult to uh, ex- be able yeah. to export these parts. Uh, yeah, I got two phone calls a day already. I got two phone mm. calls a day to prove like what you're saying is already happening, man. One guy, one guy called me which was kind of a dry snitching on one guy. They got issues already. So when he's seen this guy who's involved, now he's going to parade on it. So he was like, watch out for this guy. I'm like, dude, we, we know each other, but we don't do any business together. So that's not, you know, I talked to him a little bit and got him off the phone. And one guy, uh, he called me, he's about to get a car. Cause I've done, I've done since 2008. I've, 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 uh, and I just checked on the two cars a day. I've done, i oh, sorry, 2018. I've done, uh, 60, I've done 60, 62, 62 legal ex, ex, exporter cars, which I'm not the exporter. I just set it up and get it to my guy, and he does all the work. I just do the initial paperwork so and everything. So, but I got a call. One guy says, "Hey man, I'm just want I just want to see how legit you are." I'm like, "Dude, like, go on my website, Google Donald Jackson or whatever. I've been around for 20 years, and I had to like just kind of quickly say, "Hey man, I'm legit, dude. Like, there's nothing you're going to find about me. So now people are starting to question. So it's already affecting it. I mean, immediately, everybody's wanting to know, are you, hey, man, do you, do you, get, you get stuff to this company? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I never even, I never actually heard of this company until four days ago. Mm, yep. Because there's a, everything is JDM this, JDM that. So there, there's a thousand JDM somethings out there oh, yeah. that sell the same stuff or whatever. So, you know, it's luckily all I can say, man, is just, I'm just glad that I didn't get tempted because it, it's easy being in this industry, I'm, I, I'm, I'm privy to a lot of things behind the scenes. And it's easy to get into this, that thing where you want to get quick money, quick money. But it's nice to get that money for 10 years and then, bam, you get busted. And then all that money has gone. You're going to jail. Oh, yeah. You're going to oh, lose yeah, everything yeah, you worked yeah, yeah. for. So 
he got that's why I stay straight. Yeah, down. I mean, I I, I hope why. um you know for for, uh, for for these people to get what's coming to them, and mm. I mean it it'll be extremely satisfying to to see justice yeah. be served. So I'm hope, hope hoping out. Yeah. This is like some real life Fast yeah. and Furious shit, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. I, that, I was gonna post, but I didn't want. I, it's so. You want to, because I know when I got injured to build and stuff like this, so I shouldn't be on that thing anyway. But it's like, dude, I'm wondering when the first Netflix uh, special is going to come out. Because this is going to, once this gets blown wide open, uh, on a scale of, of so many, like you got, you know, I just watched the Epstein thing last night. And I didn't, I never, you know, on, on Netflix. And I didn't, you know, I heard about the whole Epstein thing. And I'm pretty sure you know Epstein and all that stuff. And I, I didn't, I, I never looked into it because I'm like, dude, I got so much stuff uh, over here mm. on my plate that I don't have the, that's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna use my energy towards. Then I watched that documentary last night. Like I didn't know it was like hundreds of girls, hundreds Shh. of girls, and then he had a he had a network of. I'm like, dude, this dude was like this. Like he had like young chicks served to him every night. Like he, if you didn't want to do it, then she would get her friends to do it. Her friends would get her friends to do it. So he was paying two hundred bucks to all these chicks, and I mean, it's just like crazy, man. That um, you know, people will do things for so many years, man, and then like eventually. Uh, te- uh, technology is a great thing and a bad thing because now it's exposing mm. things, it's yep. exposing yep. businesses. Yep. Like back, you know, ten years ago, uh, you everybody couldn't be an exporter. Now, like if you look up on a thing, man, everybody's an exporter now. Everybody's a part seller, and that's why I got out of that part of the yeah, game yeah. because it's just too saturated. It's, it's yeah. too saturated, yeah. man. So it, I, th- I think it's, it's crazy. I, I think um, you know, exactly like that that situation, you know, um. Especially if you're doing business online, there's like a record of it now, and and so yeah, you know, and people get lazy, right? You get you, you work, you run the scam for like ten years, and you start getting sloppy. You never get yeah. caught, and then you're right. gonna get caught, and then it's like, yeah, oh, it's okay. So you've been doing this for ten years. All right, that's okay, okay. Well, you're going going right for a long yeah. time, buddy, and yeah, yeah, man, and that, that's major, man. That's major. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I think karma is, is like real, you know, and um, yeah, I just try to be good to people, right? And uh, yeah, and things usually work out in your favor, or at least you just don't feel like a terrible person, right? And yeah, it's it's, it's just one of those things too. Like with my business, man, like, you know, I run I run a very 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 strict business because you know if, if you if you allow like you know passes here, passes there, what's going to happen is collectively all those passes going to equal up to you having ass pain as an owner. So I don't do that, you know, because every time, every time that I've gone against my principles and gone against my uh, my 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 not my principles, but more my system, every time it's, it's it's resulted in me coming out of pocket for something or or something being messed messed up or whatever, man. And um, what. All, all this stuff that's going on, it's just, you know, it's a result of guys, like you say, getting complacent. They want the money. And for me, man, like, you know, I, my quotes for the work I do, I tell guys because I'm very confident about this. I do, I can do the same things Top Secret does. It's just Top Secret has been around for 40-something yeah. years. They've been, they've known and everything. And they don't do anything at that shop that I cannot do or haven't done already. Um, but the, the fact is, I, I don't feel that I need to charge a premium I charge what I charge and I make good money, but I don't, I don't have to overcharge. Like for, you got a Civic, uh, EG Civic. If you do a, a your, your a engine or not engine swap, but a, tra- a, a clutch job on a, a regular EG Civic B16, it's going to cost this much. But if it's a Type R or whatever, just because it's a Type R, it's going to cost this much more. Yeah. Same process, same axle, same nut size, same bolts, same engine mm-hmm. mounts. 
but just because it's a type r dc2 dc5 whatever it's going to cost more and that's how japanese kind of do things for me if it costs eight hours you're going to get charged for eight hours plus my 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 service fee and whatever else mixed up in there and you know it's one of the things japanese see and they, they're starting to buy onto it but my thing is i don't feel like um i have to gouge people on prices and also if something's cheaper or whatever oh hey man it was this much actually so i give you you know 15 bucks back and people appreciate that just mm. giving you 15 dollars back and it, you, you paid three thousand dollars for labor but i give you 15 bucks back it just they feel like you know and, and i do that because i keep it straight and every night i go to sleep every time i leave my shop i do not feel like i screwed this guy over yeah. man i don't i don't have that weight because that weighs down on you and these people who are getting screwed now by this car stuff, they maybe they just don't care. They just see their personal gains and they just don't, you know, some people just don't. They're like social. Oh, yeah. It, and it becomes like you, you find a way to justify it. Right. You're like, oh, you're right. like, oh, I have a family now. Oh, I got to keep doing this because right. how well I got to yeah. put food on a table. You know, it's like I know it's bad, yeah. but it's there People so yep. many people find so many ways to justify the things that you're doing. Right. But. No, yeah. it it catches up to you because when when you don't run a tight ship, when you when you have a uh, a business that doesn't have integrity, then you end up like you 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 end up taking the easy way out all the time, right? And then and then you don't build any discipline, right? Or mm. you get lazy eventually, or you get you get sloppy, and then that that's when you know the the house cart falls time. down, right? So every time, yeah, man. Let's talk about S two thousands because. How awesome are yeah, they, yeah, yeah, we're right because like, one thing I want to start doing is getting into like a, we're at an hour and uh, we're at an hour and 33 minutes don't feel like a long but like 145 hour 45 is like when I'm trying to get him at but I don't want to put any limits on it but it, that's 2000 man you got that and um, I see I watched your video man I was very happy for you when you you uh, you, you got that out so like initially man like how was it, what was your when was your first time driving S2000 and like what was your because it seemed like you really really wanted this car like uh like, what was your Man. infatuation with this car? I mean, I've been infatuated with this car uh, pretty pretty shortly after I got the Miata, actually. So, mm. um, I just I just love the way it looked, right? Uh, and I, I, it, the more I, re I read about it and the more I researched about it, I was like, "Man, this is such a cool car." But at the time, like the Miata, yeah. it, it also has its own charm, right? So I was I was really mm. always happy to have the Miata, but I was like, you know, one day. I want to own an S2000. So it was kind of like aspirational. Uh, mm. And I was like, I didn't know anybody who owned one. And the first time I drove one actually was um, uh, Randy Trung. So he's a, he's a YouTuber uh, in, in, in California and he runs a brand called uh, Eliminate. And uh, yeah, one time I just hit him up and we became friends and I just, uh, I was over there for a business trip and he was like, oh yeah, let's hang out. And so we hung out and he let me drive his uh, S2000. It was like a slammed S2000. Um, but immediately I was like, man, this is cool. This is this is a this is a dope car. Um, and then, no, actually, no. This was, this goes way way back before that. Uh, that was just the first time I drove it. But like the first time I was really fell in love with the car was in like the Gran Turismo days. You know, it's like, mm. um, yeah, I was on the cover of Gran Turismo too. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you know that that's a big thing. You know, like when it's the hero car on the cover, it's like, you know, it's yeah. like of course you're gonna want it. And so, you know, for me, that was always kind of like a, like a halo car, especially like a yellow one, right? That, that's why I wanted like a yellow uh, Miata in the first place. And, um, and then, you know, what, one, of my, one of my best friends here now, uh, Captain Bradford, he's got a, another channel called JDM Masters. So he's like a Honda 
historian you know he knows everything about everything honda it's like he can tell you like the exact like length of the stroke of like every single like type of honda, right and, like this guy's a total maniac yeah and yeah. and you know he he would just always sing the praises of like type r's and like s2000s and say how it's like this incredible car and i was like yeah i agree and and uh you know i, I always wanted one and then i started looking into it uh like several years ago where i was like okay you know the step up from the roadster is going to be like an s2000 someday and i was looking into it and i was like at the time man like five or six years ago like you could find like a like a ratchet like a janky one for like six grand and I was like, you know, that's not that much much. That's not that much more than my Miata cost, right? So I was like, you know, maybe I could like sell the Miata, save up for a few months or something, and buy the S2000. Uh, there were a couple ones along the way, but like those all fell through. And thank God they did because they were all pretty janky. Um, mm. And I was like, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, I want like a really, really nice one. Um, because as you know, there's like a big difference between like, the JDM cars from that era, they don't make them anymore. And you sure you can buy them like right. really cheap, but if you buy it really cheap, you'll have like a bunch of problems and you'll you'll mm. there'll be like, like a love-hate relationship because you're always paying for something. But if you if you right. buy a one that's in really good condition in the first place, then you'll just spend all this time like enjoying it. So this was kind of like how I was thinking about it. And and once I, I changed my thinking, I was like, okay, how am I gonna how am I going to get like the S2000 like of my dreams basically? And I thought, you know, there's just so much satisfaction of being able to own a car that you dreamed about, like in the Gran Turismo days, and have a mm-hmm. car in real life, like, like at you know, however, whatever your age is, like later, later on in life, right? <laughs> and, and to be able to have like a like a nice one, a good quality version of it, right? So I was like, you know, I want to set this goal to get it when I hit 200,000 subscribers. And I actually decided this on February, February 20. At, and then when I decided this, I was sitting on a train going back home from work. And I was like, I'm make this decision. I'm going to make a post about it just to like, to have a record of it. And I looked right. down on my phone and it was exactly two zeros, a uh, two zero zero zero. Yeah. Which is eight o'clock. Right. But it was like 2000. Right. So I was like, <laughs> oh shit. This is like, this is like the twos. Right. You're right. So right. I made, I made. I made the post, um, and then like a bunch of life stuff happened, uh, which was basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> they basically announced to my audience that I wanted this S two thousand, like this big aspirational thing, um, and then I put my 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 Roadster up for sale, uh, yeah, which was actually really hard, um, because then I realized like actually no, I really love this car, and it was this this weird this kind of this interesting situation for a while. I, I, I took it to to Ebisu Circuit. And I just had so much fun with it. I kind of like fell in love with the car all over again. And actually what happened was on the very, very last run, it's always the last run, but I, last run of the day, Yep. <laughs> I, I sent it into the wall. Like just like, it wasn't hard, right? Like mm. I actually don't know how I managed to like, not just like wreck the car then and there, but it just very lightly tapped the wall. And, and it, it, it was, it was like this much. It's like, like, hang on. It was like, can you see this? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like the the fender went in like this much. Mm. So, uh. It was like so I could literally have like fender rolled it, right? And, mm. and that's actually what I did. And then there was just like some, some paint. And then so, but when that happened, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna respray the car. I'm gonna put over fenders. I'm gonna put a turbo in it, and it's gonna it's gonna be reborn. Yeah. I'm like, 
it's not the time for an S two thousand yet. So I was like, this is this. You pull, you're taking a, taking a, taking a page out of Keski Takahashi book <laughs> with the RX seven, right? Right. <laughs> it's like you realize you love the car and and then you you want to to um you take it to the next level actually. And so I was like, you know, I fell in love with the car again, and I'm like, like. For the time being, I wasn't thinking about S two thousands anymore. I was like, okay, this it's uh, let's let's build this car out and make it make it awesome. And then two weeks later, um, I got into this huge accident and I just almost died. It was it was crazy. Like I was yeah. literally just driving down the street, right? I was just like minding my own business on the way back from the Kombini, and bam. And that was kind of like a big like like uh, like I guess like turning point, I guess, in my life, because mm. I remember so clearly, like the fractions, fraction of a second before the impact, you know, like I, 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 I slammed on the brakes, and the wheels locked. And because but it was it was like, it was too close, like, there's no way to avoid it, right. Mm. Um, and um, like, it was it was a basically it was a blind corner, what happened was it was a blind it's not exactly a blind corner, but like the low visibility, and there was actually somebody stopped there, and then they stay, mm. or I'm not sure if it was stopped completely or if it was approaching a stop, but it suddenly just went forward, and there was a stop sign. Um, uh, later on, um, so it was actually an old lady, and then so she actually, she said, "Oh my gosh, I think it was not her car either. It was a a Daisha, which a loaner car from her son's right. company, and." Uh, you know, her son had loaned her the car because her car had been in an accident, another accident. I don't know the details of it. Yeah. Um, but she's like, oh, I'm not used to it. Maybe I stepped on the gas instead of the brakes. Like, like it was, it just didn't make sense. Right. But anyways, so like right before the accident, I remember like the fraction of a second uh, where I realized it was going to be a hit and it was going to be like a pretty hard hit. And I was like, there's like no way to avoid it. And I was just like, oh man, like this sucks. Like I'm not, I'm not done all these things I want to do yet, you know. So I was like, you know, first it's like, first I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna hit, and this is gonna be terrible. Then next I was thinking, like, oh god, like I don't think I'm gonna get out of this. Just walk away from this. I think I'm gonna break my arms or my legs or something. And then I was like, oh mm -hmm. shit, I might not. Like, what if like, like I was like, oh man. The build yeah. quality of this car, right? It's like, is <laughs> am I gonna be able to take it like a direct hit? And then I was like, "Oh God, what about her? Like the other, the other driver?" So all these things were just like mm. running through through my mind. And then the the hit the the the, and then we collided. And then you know, like moments later, we both stepped out of the car. And I was just like, "Wow, that's like I, I was like I felt like I got like a new leash on life." And I thought, mm. you know, um, like I looked at my car, and it was like on one hand I was devastated because it was obviously it was totaled. But I was like, mm -hmm. you know, just car is a car. It's fine. Like, I'm okay. I literally walked away with, like, no injuries. What am I doing with my life? Like, am I – actually, no. It, right before before the, the impact, um, I remember thinking, yes, I am on my right path. I'm just really frustrated. Like, it, now it's all going to change if I'm even going to walk right. from it. So after I walked away from it, I was like, it was kind of like the, um, um, like it, it reminded me of what was important, but it also vindicated mm. what I had been doing up until this point, which is I'm like, yeah, this is what I should be doing. This is my mission. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm working on, like that's not YouTube related, which is kind of like more career. Right. Um, and I'm like, like, 
just so happy that I was able to keep being able to 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 go down this this path. Um, so and then anyways, I was like, now okay, um, you know, I don't have a car. Well, I, actually, I do, but uh, like I don't have a uh, a Miata anymore. This is mm-hmm. the, this is I guess this is the time to look for for S two thousands again. And and then my my friend Masaki, he actually randomly rented as a graduation present for himself. He rented a Type S, and uh, he just he was like, "Hey, Elbow, I'm gonna go for a drive to Hakone tomorrow, but I'm I'm in the, I'm in the area. Do you want to take it for a spin?" So I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so I drove it, and this is like, the first time I had a chance to to drive like the S2000 on like a proper S2000 on some back roads. Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, boy, this is it." This is, this is it, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, like I I understand completely why it mm. you can why a good one costs the same amount as like a new BRZ or a new 86. Mm. So it, it's a better car. Mm. It's actually a better car, mm. um, in my opinion. Um like like a janky S two thousand is not better than like a like a like a brand new Andy Miata, but if they're in comparable condition, I think I think the S two thousand is actually better. It's just a better vehicle, right. um, just because it was made at a time where there were less compromises. Uh, right. And so I drove that, and then a couple days later, um, I have another friend, uh, a guy named Jackie, who was, uh, who who said like, "Oh, hey, Albo, I heard you're looking for an S two thousand. Actually, have one for sale." Like he had, he had bought it like in November, and it's like this really clean AP one. Uh, and the previous one I was I drove was an AP2, the Type S. So then when I drove the AP1, I was like, oh, the AP1 is crazy. Because, you know, the yeah, 9,000 RPM redline, right? Yeah. It's like... And, and it's, more, it's more twitchy in the back. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like the one of the things that was kind of um, keeping me from immediately making a decision to buy like an ap1 so it's like but then i researched it more and you know if you, if you do things like uh change the toe in if you put like a rear uh ap2 sw- uh ap2 sway bar the the rear sway mm-hmm. um and you have like better suspension you can really tame tame that rear end um so i was like okay well you know there are these two options and then so i started like looking at at um basically i set a budget and i was like what is like the best car I can get for like this budget, AP1 or AP2? And man, AP2s are so expensive in Japan. Oh, Dude, yeah. they're so expensive. It's like 25, yeah. 30, 35, 40 grand. And if, if you want like a yellow AP2, it's like 35. If you want a yeah. type, <laughs> it's 40 to 45 to 50. It, it, it gets really, really crazy. Um, mm. And I was, I was glad I got the chance to drive the AP1 because actually the ap1 is so exciting it's it's like 20 percent more exciting than an ap2 because that 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 last little bit like 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 you know the uh the the ap2 will rev to like 8300 right mm-hmm. um but uh the because i'm not sure if it's because it has less torque but r- relatively it feels more crazy because of that so when it revs from like six thousand RPM to like nine thousand RPM, it just it just it's it's so exciting. It it feels it gives you like a like a feeling that's like indescribable, and mm. and you know I've got a really fast other car which is like the the Subaru Forester SCI, um and it, it, like the, it's a turbo car. It's super fast, but the S two thousand is exciting in a way that those cars are not. It feels F one right. car like as as you know right. 
Yeah, yeah. It's you, yeah, if you ever a lot of people never seen S two thousand with his fenders off. And I didn't I've seen it pictures of it, but when I got my S two thousand out, because you know, a lot of guys will know when I got my S two thousand, you look on the videos and the, the old ones, um, it was a crash car. Mm. So I, I cut the whole uh I got it for, I got my S two thousand for zero in. Like it was it was a crash car, uh-huh. the guy was gonna junk it. I was like I was like, nah. So I got it from him. I um I'll link the video down on that thing so you guys can see that. I got it from him in three weeks from crash. Cut the whole front end off. I made a pipe frame because it's obviously never going to be on a road as a regular car again. But the suspension geometry was all 100%. So it was a perfect accident. And S2000 has a really big front dead zone for the guy. Is it is a really really soft crumple zone? They kind of, you know, low end crash. You can kind of like take the core off and, and continue on. But if you take the fenders off, the front of the car, man, is it's the shape of it front of an Indy car, F1 car. Like the whole dams and the whole like you like you, see, you know like guys out there watch any car or nat or F one you see like the nose and then like on the nose it kind of bows out. Yep. F the S two thousand is is made just like that. It's like an F one car. The steering the steering rack is out front. Uh, it's like out front of out front of the engine, uh, so it creates a, a very a very different uh, kind of feel with the electronic steering rack. So um, the AP one um, again from putting that back together. In three weeks, painting it, doing a roll, doing a roll bar and all that stuff, and then going on the track. And eventually, mine, mine is turbo as well. Uh, the, yeah, man, it's to drive that car, man. I was just, you could see my helmet, dude. Like I was smiling, so yeah. like I was like, dude, I can't believe I have S two thousand, and I paid zero yen for. I mean, it, it cost about three grand to put it back together, and it's definitely, you know, I mean, it, it's this. The purpose of this car is a straight Sakuba mm. and everything and, and stuff like that. So it's still. I got paperwork for it. I can drive it on the road. About I, I, I do put stripe plates on it sometimes, and I drive it. Uh, but the um, yeah, it's just been sitting for a little bit. I got it back. I actually sold it, guys. I sold it, and um, then I bought it back, man. And I was like, this, this, this is I, a the, common the thing I, for S two thousand owners. I think yeah. you know, it's like sell it, regret yeah. it, buy another one, buy the yeah. same one. No, but to actually, I bought I bought my same one back. I bought the same one I sold. I, so I bought it back from yeah, the guy. Yeah. It was minus the uh, I had a wing on it that I didn't I was building around. I had the um, the first in Japan Street Faction uh, chassis mount wing, and that, he sold it to a guy in another shop, and he ended up going to Tokyo Auto Salon with it. So it was actually getting good use. And he took the turbo kit off because I didn't have the ECU for it, and put it back to NA. So the turbo kit's all in the trunk. So now I got to put that back as a one-off turbo kit with a, uh, a, a engine bay mount wow, and a cooler wow. and all that good stuff. What's it so like? What's a it, turbo it's, um, SK like? <clears throat> dude, it's. <laughs> it's like it's like I guess I guess it would be similar to like you know doing meth and, and mushrooms at the same time maybe like I I never done it so I don't know how it is but it's like it's like it's already and it, it's and then I you know this going to nine thousand RPMs with boost is 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 uh it's crazy but it was untuned so actually to go faster I had to you had to go slower on a throttle because it, if you do uh four throttle the the um. What is it, man? The map sensor would max out. So I got the new map sensor, but I just got to get a Haltech, which I got coming mm-hmm. in next week for that. So even though Corona's going on right now, I'm trying to get all stuff ready. But I'm definitely, you know, now that you got yours, man, my S2000 buddy that I had before left, and we used to go to the track together. So I'll definitely, um, uh, once I get, I'll probably try to coordinate it in between bringing a car down for work. I'll bring my S2000 down. And we can link up and drive around. Because like I said, my, my S2000 is real legal. Mm. It's just I, I put stripe plates on it. So I can push right plates on it, take it out to Daiko, uh, Daiko, and uh, link it with you or whatever, man. Yeah, so that's awesome. We'll, we'll definitely do something. Yep. We'll definitely do something S two thousand 
S two thousand X Super Sun. So I'm looking forward to that, man, and everything. But yeah, man, like I said, it's um, it's uh, we're at one hour fifty one minutes, man, and like I feel like we can like talk forever because this is our first time like actually talking, talking. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, the cool thing about it, man, it's like you know, um, I like the podcast stuff because it, the podcast we do our thing on the videos, but it's there. I, I I kept my same channel, but people. You know, on the videos, you know, you try to keep those like what 15, 20 minutes or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. before people die off. So, like, I like the podcast because it's a long format. We could talk oh, about yeah. more things. And also, it just, it just lets you, like, I learned, I'm learning, like, I mean, I, again, I sit back and listen, man. And I, you know, I learned you had two Miatas. And, you know, I didn't know, I thought you were running here for like maybe five years. You've been here 10 years. So, we got here around the same time. I got here 08, 08, uh, 2008, August. Oh, 1st. nice. You got here so right before me. Yeah. Just 2010. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we've been here about the same time. We've been about through the same stuff. We were here through the earthquake. I got back from Iraq the day before the earthquake, and then I actually Gosh. helped out with um a lot of that stuff. Yeah, so I did the we took the workers down there and took the stuff down there to Sendai and, and uh, all those places. So uh, I like I love this country, man. I got my wife. I got Japanese wife, three kids, and uh, Japan has its its quirks like every place, but I, the 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 pros outweigh the cons hands down uh so for me personally yeah. i feel it's the same way for you and uh so the guys that are just looking to come here man just have an open mind and also the biggest thing for the guys out there who watch this stuff and you want to really come here you have to be willing to go backwards a little bit so if you're a mechanical engineer in the states unfortunately when you come here to, to japan if you're not fluent in whatever in japanese your mechanical engineering degree doesn't hold much weight here and it's, it sucks to say that but it it's the way it is. They don't care about that. So if you have ASC certifications and you come here, those ASC certifications don't mean anything. You got to get their certifications and do their program. So it's one of those things where most people who come here are overqualified, and you know that. Uh, but you, if you really want to stay here, you, you maybe you have to work at. I had you know Dunkin' Donuts was hiring on base here in Masawa, and they would give sofa status, which allows you to live here. But you don't want to swallow your pride and work there and build up and meet somebody and then move on. If you really want to live here, you'll make it happen. And like I say, you're you're a testament. Oh, of thanks, that. man. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's definitely a really a really good thing there. And, and uh, but yeah, man. Before we start talking about another subject, man, any other thing, any um, anything you want to promote? Any things you got coming up or things like that? Or oh yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, people... man. I got a I got a little YouTube channel. Um, hopefully you guys can come check it out sometime. Yeah, a little, little. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> search elbow. Uh, might pop up. I'm not yeah. sure. There's a whole bunch of them. So make sure to ch- subscribe to my channel. Yeah, man. No, nothing. I'll get the I'll get I'll get the links. I'll get the I'll get the links and everything. So I mean, because most people I just you say that just to put it in there. But I'll get all your links and everything. Throw it down in the video so people can follow you. But yeah, man, it's just again to you're the first actual you're the first YouTuber that I've had on here who's had more subscribers than me. So it's like you know, and I mean the thing about like my, my my thing is I and you can try to justify the numbers. My channel went from uh, about three thousand subscribers. And then, like, I decided to really engage, and I got like two thousand subscribers within like three months, which doesn't seem like a lot. Mm. But uh, YouTube has changed, and I know you, you know, not we're not trying. To, I'm not damning YouTube because I know they're getting a lot of trash right now because you know Joe Rogan's going to Spotify, so everybody's trying to jump ship now. I'm like, nah, dude, that's Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's in a different stratosphere with all all the stuff. Oh he yeah, does. oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, You know, what I mean, so everybody's like, I see a lot of people like, ah, oh, yeah. So now all of a sudden, YouTube is like the worst thing in the world when. Three weeks ago, you were saying YouTube is the best thing in the world. So I'm definitely not, I'm not trashing YouTube. YouTube is actually my numbers. Uh, I'm only I got 5,800 subscribers or something like that. But 
I've made as a result of my podcast, I've made, I've, I mean, arbitrary numbers. I probably made since I started my podcast. I've probably made maybe twenty, maybe twenty two thousand dollars in like selling parts and doing stuff. You know, what I mean, that, and it's not. A, I mean, business stuff. You got, you know, business is expensive, but. Again, there's you don't have to have all the subscribers out there, people who are watching to have everything. Again, it's your network, the stuff you put out there, and when stuff people see, you can get the eventually those numbers will go up because eventually you'll see that and everything will coincide mm-hmm. and everything. But um, the guys are there, don't get discouraged. You know, you're not how, for your channel before again before we get out of here. Like, how was your progression? And you're and it's going to start a conversation. Oh man, yeah, it's super interesting. The, yeah, it's the the, the 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 progression in your numbers. Like, how did you like go ahead? Yeah, you know what I'm asking. So so the way it works, right? It's like um you grind and grind and grind you get like 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 kind of like this right mm-hmm. but then if if uh it can be really gradual but if you have like a slam dunk like super hit it's like literally like this it's like a hockey stick Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. You, you'll you'll have like a day with like seven thousand uh-huh. subscribers and you're like what is even going on um and then, yeah. then you're like you 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 realize you like you struck a nerve so that's part of the game of youtube which is to keep trying different things to see see what works um yeah it, it's not an easy game it's uh, but it's um I, I i think also like you were saying you know it's like the size of your subscriber base doesn't necessarily correlate with the amount of impact that that you right. that you have <clears throat> um and you can certainly have a a subscriber base like under ten thousand, and still give them such value that maybe you sell a product or something, and then you yeah. you're able to, um, you're able you're you're able to monetize like an audience which is much smaller than like a huge YouTuber, right? Like just because you're giving them so much value, right? You you you're making something that they right. need, or you're providing a service that they that they that they that they will be happy to to pay for, right? Um, and like right. you have like a business which is like perfectly tailored for that, where you have. Basically, like I'm sure, like a lot of your uh, customers were people who watch your channel before, right? It's like they yeah, built up that yeah. trust, and because of, like, you don't need like a million subscribers. You, you, you could, it totally depends. It'd be, it'd be nice to have it. <laughs> and then it's a, you're playing a different game. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it is a different. That's a different. Uh, that's a different. Uh, that's a different lane. Where again, the, the guys who they'll guys will bring it up because they'll be like, oh man. How you only have you? You've been in. You, you're a pro driver. You do all this. You have a shop. You're the only you know African American guy in the whole Japan with a shop or whatever, and it, all these other things that to them correlates into I should have two million subscribers. Like Joe, like Joe Rogan has seven million or whatever, and it's just going up and down. So now the thing about it, man, is so fickle, man. That now he's as soon as he announced the Spotify thing, automatically about two million of those people are gonna not because they just don't want to transfer over or whatever even though it's free or whatever they're going to do or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just like man it's, it's, it's it, again you can go from being like this to you can have you know 10,000 subscribers but only maybe 5,000 of those people are actually really engaged while the mm. rest are just there they right, right. they don't lose their account yeah. so a lot of guys don't realize you know of that whole mass you'll have like a core of 500 that that'll be and I, I mean I'm not knocking you YouTube but it's definitely something that's noticeable about three years ago, when they they start started doing the monetization uh, differently, and they started taking the kids away, I would average about every video. I would average about maybe three three thousand views, 
And then like overnight, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen this, uh, maybe you haven't, but overnight, uh, one of my buddies was like, hey man, I'm, 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 guys are getting unsubscribed, they're getting notified and things mm-hmm. like that. And again, it's not a knock, the algorithms are different, new software. And now uh, in our average, it doesn't bother me because I got enough, our average about maybe three, four hundred views. Mm-hmm. But, and I could be like, oh man, that sucks. I'm like, dude, but you know, again, your content and what you make is a different, a different lane. And what I'm doing, I'm just like kind of, I call it Panko Style TV now. So I got my podcast. Then next day you'll see me at the track drifting. Then next day you'll see another podcast. And then the next day you'll see me yeah. putting a car for sale online. So it's a different it's, it's, thing. It's and interesting, then, man. And then yeah. part of the thing, yeah. right, it's like uh, it's it can be frustrating. I definitely feel the frustration yeah. of like every creator. And I feel it too. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a, a lot of it, your channel. It's like you, you look at somebody who's making the same content you are or like even worse. Right. You, you're like, man, my right. <laughs> yeah. like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I get so frustrated when I see like there's this one guy, his entire channel is literally cutting things in half with a hot knife. Right. It's like he takes yeah. a, a knife and cuts like a tennis ball. Two million views. Yeah. 15 million. I'm yeah. like, what am I doing with my life? But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's hard to come back from that. because. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's that, that's like a, it's, it's perfect, man. Because then you like you really do that. Like some guy, some guy posted a thing, uh, a meme, and he had a he was putting on a sergeant major, e, like a e e eight e nine or whatever in the in the army, and he had a Joker face on. He's like some kid on YouTube is eight years old making this much money, millions of dollars, and I'm going to work, and it's like it's just like they figured it out, and then like now you see those trends, like it. It got oversaturated, and you, I knew YouTube was going to do it, and that actually is not a bad thing, because after you get so many uh, toy re- uh, toy unboxing, it's like how many channels you're going to have. So now, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure you know because you create. It's like now, is is it for kids? Is it not for kids? Because yeah, as far as I understand, you, they're not monetizing uh, kids' yep. content anymore. Yeah, De- definitely part so of that, part of it is like uh, uh, you have to. You, you, it's all choices, right? So you can make like a yeah. choice, like start a channel in a in saturated niche. Then it's going to be relatively harder than if you chose a non-saturated niche. And then you could choose, right. like, like for example, like a toy reviews, right? The barrier mm. to entry is really low, where you might be the first to start, and that'll give you like a nice boost. But anybody could start right. buying toys, right? And, and right. just the same with like cars. It's like there's so many people with nice cars who can start making videos about cars. Mm. I think if I had started right. like five years later, I would have been. I probably would have been like much less successful or in, in just in terms of growth. But that that's specifically if you only rely on just the algorithm. And the thing is like the algorithm is like really, really fickle. Like, you know, YouTube will change it like all the time. They'll change yeah. like all these factors and stuff. But um, if, if you do stuff like you collaborate with like, uh, like, like, like this situation like here, for example, right? Or let's say, Let's say you you're doing your thing, and uh, let's say Kevin Hart, or like yeah. you know, like uh, exhibit or something. Somebody they they come to Japan randomly, and you're like, oh, right. and you're like, and you you've been doing your thing for 20 years. This this right. uh this uh you know this uh, like a, a drifter, and then like let's say he wants like to do like a music video shoot or something, right? And it's like, oh, no, you're the guy. And then you you do this thing. So what I'm saying is like you grind for like 10 years and then you got, you get, you get, you basically get a break. And right. then things go like right. that. And then so everybody just quits like halfway because they just, they, yeah. right? they just rely on the algorithm, which is going to put you yeah. on a little bit. But mm-hmm. eventually you, that's why I think you got to play a bigger game. 
And this is like what yeah, I you do. Right. Um, so if you want to be if, like professional YouTuber, that's that's very hard to become super big in because mm. everybody's shooting for that goal. So I was like, I don't want to be a yep. professional YouTuber. I want to be like, I want to make movies and stuff. Right. I'm not there yet, but mm. it's, like, it's, it's that path now. So mm. I'm like, if I want to get there, what do I have to do differently from all these other all the other YouTubers? And like not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with what they're making. A lot of people are making amazing uh, content, like with huge su- subscriber numbers, right? Like Adam LZ, he just blogs about his life. Three million subscribers, right? Yeah. And, and that that's great for them. But like just because like they're able to, they 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 had the sense to keep going like they they had a similar moment of like maybe the algorithm put them on or something put them on. Mm. and um people will just quit before that happens right yeah so yeah, you know man. for for me I had that moment then I had a realization I'm like okay this is how it works you grind 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 for like 5 years 6 years 7 years nothing happens but you love it so you just keep doing it and then eventually you get noticed and then it goes like that and then you get to like here and you're like okay now I'm like here and you keep going like so you expect it to just keep going forever but actually it, it, it peters off after like a month or two and then you're like on like a, you're then, now you're on like stage two and then so like every video you put out will actually get like relatively like more but then to get to that next level again you need to kind of recreate that situation yeah. just to get yeah. to the next stage so yeah that's how i think about it um yeah and you can think about it that way in terms of growth or you can also think about how can you provide more value to the people who are already following you and mm. and then you don't necessarily need like a million subscribers or something. You could have like fifty thousand. There's this theory called um, uh, a thousand true fans, and the way it goes is like you only need like a thousand people who really love what you're doing, to the point mm. that they will they are like huge fans of you, right? And they're like if you put out if you write a book, they would buy it. So it's it's the same thing, right? You know, it's it's like you can have like people who are really big fans of you, or you could have People who are like, you know, they followed like like Lil Yachty or something. But if if he dies, you know, it's just like, oh, he died, he died. You know, they're just following. He's just a famous person, you know. Right. Um. So yeah, it, it's better, I think, to to just 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 have integrity and, and like that's I see what you're doing, like what, as you were explaining mm-hmm. with your with your shop, right? You know, it's just like you do you, and then you work hard, and like you just meet people. Yeah, and eventually it'll come it'll come along, man. Because yeah. it, it's one of those things where like you know with the. Uh, I've been in Drifting Goku magazine like five times, and um, the the biggest thing, the big, the reason why now I'm actually going towards Option magazine because a lot of guys, you know, you, like you mentioned before, Drifting. Before I got into Drifting, I was actually into drag racing. Before I got into uh, Drifting, I was also doing road racing. So I actually I enjoy grip just as much as Drifting, mm. but I have to now because my channel for like you say doing if you, you people notice people uh knew me for drift videos and even like my icon or whatever and all the intro and all that stuff like that they kind of they associated with that associate you with that and also when they came to my shop they think i was a dr- only drifter and also yeah. drifters yeah. have a bad misnomer of being like hacks and i'm far from a hack uh so i had to tell guys no dude i, I do grip so now actually i've ch- my my style not changed a little bit but the the target, like I actually haven't built a single drift car for a customer and not zero. Like I tell, I said before, man, I don't make any money from drifters because drifters are inherently cheap. 
I'm a drifter, so I know how it is. So you can't be a drifter and go to shops because you would never make it. You have to learn how to do your own body work, paint, mm-hmm. and everything. You you really is a grip. The, the the guys who make money for shops are grip and street guys because they don't. They generally just drive. They don't really do too much mechanic stuff. So all my all my work, all my business is run by guys who want a nice street car or track guys or mm-hmm. grip car grip car guys. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do I grip race and everything. I'm actually. Uh, pursuing my um, my pro license and grip because I already got pro license and drifting. Oh, that's sick. I want to do that too. Because it's like you got to do that whole side. So now all that stuff I did to get my pro license and drifting, I got to kind of start over. But because I got pro license and drifting, it kind of it it bumps me out of that uh, the, be- the beginner beginner stage. Yeah. Because I've already got I've already got pro level grip driving skills. You just got to show it. So you got to go to the, you got to get the JAF level B license. And you got to go to the JAF level A license. And you got to do this trial and. All that stuff. The thing is, I have the cars. No problem there. I got the trailers. And also, because I'm not military, I can go anytime I want. So now I'm in a position where I can I can show up at a track on Thursday, practice and qualify and do all that stuff. So it's just one of those things where guys are there, man. Like I said, you're a testament to it again. Uh, like you say, man, it'll be that picture where the dude is picking that axe in the, in the tunnel and a diamond's right there and he just stops right there in that wall. That, that picture, man, you know. And people just stopped too easy. I had I had a few guys quit the podcast after four episodes because he was like, "Hey man," he was like, "Man, nobody's tuning in, man. Nobody." I try to get this guy. I'm like, "Dude, you're four podcasts in. Nobody's gonna, nobody's. They want to see the value before they commit in, man." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the production level and things like that. And I'm like, "Dude, like you can't quit after four episodes. Just just keep doing them. Like you know, I'm at fifty. This is gonna be no, fifty fifty eight podcast number fifty eight. Yeah. If you look forty podcasts ago, it was like the the quality I was doing it in my other shop. It was sped up. I didn't have the production I have now. I got the lights. I got the, everything is here now. So I got the better mics and, and everything. Yeah. So that's only, that's 40 episodes yeah. of change and you can see the progression. And also the reason and, you and, kept going is because it's fun. Like that's basically yeah, it. Doing this therapeutic, like just like, yeah, man. Cause I don't talk again. I'll be in my shop for 14 hours a day. I don't talk. I don't say a single word to anybody. Because I have reservations, I talk to customer a little bit, and I go back. So just to talk to you right now, man, it's like you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. A lot of people don't realize how important that is and everything, man. But again, man, it, we, again, we it's, it's, now we're at two hours and we're at two hours and nine minutes, man. So again, man, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here. It's, it's nine. My wife is bugging me, and I, actually, I'm not done. I got about another three hours of work, car work. So. Yeah, man, it's that that grind, man. Yeah, again, man. man, again, I, I really respect what you do, man, and I'm very, uh, very happy to be, uh, you know, call you, call you a friend, and it will definitely make the the, the relationship physical, as I see a lot of guys get weirded out by that that we never <laughs> met in person. And one of my guys like, hey, nah, man, we can't get physical, but you know, and, and uh, but the um, yeah, man, it's just um, to to have a YouTuber who understands the grind, all the stuff behind the scenes and everything is a very thing. Cause we, I, I, again, my channel is not at that level of yours, but I, I shot a lot of videos and I remember, you know, another story before I go out, I remember spending, um, I spent about 500 bucks on a weekend. I went out to BCU and I, I shot a whole series of D, uh, G1 GP cause I couldn't drive and I had the money, but I had the money to go down there and I did some other stuff. So I shot that thing from start to finish. It was my high, my highest viewed video and I was like, dude, this is this is the thing. It was got like ten thousand views or something like that. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm like, bro, getting content is people don't realize how how expensive it is <laughs> yeah. to to get to the place to shoot it, to edit it, to do all the stuff, the, the hotels, the food, the gas, and all for like you know uh, you know a couple hundred thousand views, man. And mm. then you do it again. 
So like a lot of people, they just see the content and they they, uh, you know, they they see the content come up, they click on it and they enjoy it, and mm. but they don't realize creating good content, man, is is a very good effort, man. So again, I I really take my hat off to you and your content, and uh, it's enjoyable. And uh, I I wouldn't, you know, honestly, I know you got little tweaks in your mind that you want to change, man, but it just you're. I wouldn't change much, man, because your style is good. Your pre- presentation is good. Uh, the, the, the the color grading and all that stuff and everything you do, man, it's just it's really good, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah man. So, again, man, I'm like, we're, we're going to get out of here. It's going to be Donnie um, in Masawa, Japan, Penguin Style, and uh, Albo. And you are you said you're in Yokohama? Yep. All right. Yep. So, you're up. So we're, we're only eight, we're eight hours away from each other. Uh, we'll definitely do some uh, – we're definitely going to work together, man. So you definitely see me on – his channel and vice versa. He'll come up here and I got, they got tons of cars. So you can just come up here and drift around and break the car and go back home and yeah, man. I'll fix it. Teach man. me how to drift, man. So, I got it too easy, man. I got, I'm putting together like two cars right now. Uh, one is a CA power S 14 just for, just for visitors just to come up here and, and thrash. And I got tires and gas and dude, hell yeah. No, it, dude, I'll, yeah. I'll do it. Dude, we should. Yeah, it's too easy, man. Let's let's talk we, later. We got, let's let's figure yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll just go there. I'll just like maybe I'll just like crash your place for a few days. I'll just work from easy, right? <laughs> let's do it. Too easy, man. I got I got a nice size house oh, and everything. Yeah. I got the shop here and everything. So we'll we'll definitely uh, talk about that, man. So again, thanks for thanks for stopping in, and uh, it's gonna be Donnie signing off from Asawa, Japan. See you guys later. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share if you like to do all that stuff. Send all your questions to podcast at Pango Style. Any topics and questions, anything you got, anything you have, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm open book. So anything you got, anything, any questions you have, and and like I told the, the guys before, man. Um, one thing I tell most guys ask before the uh, J- Japanese women, there's not sideways, just like up and down, just like everybody else, man. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, see you guys later out there. Be safe. Uh, be smart. Don't be safe for all this corona. Don't be scared of all this corona stuff. But be smart about your surroundings and situations. But live life as much as you can. And uh, get it done out there, guys. So it's going to be, again, Donnie sign off of Japan. I'll from Yokohama. See you guys later. Thank you, Style Out. Peace. Jackson Out. Peace. Peace.